0: Many of us who've been working from home for the last 20 months will eventually go back to the office. It's a topic writer Anne Helen Peterson explores in the upcoming book she co authored called Out of Office. She says that on the other side of the pandemic, there's a chance work will rotate more around people's lives instead of the other way around.
1: The thing that we have to remember about working from home during the pandemic is that people's productivity went up. People were producing more, they were working more hours, they were getting their work done. And for some people they figured out, I actually can work fewer hours and produce more. And so I think what companies have to be thinking about is how do we keep our workers in that high level of productivity while also figuring out a schedule that allows people to have that collaborative space when and if they need it or want it. But the thing that I see a lot of is like, we want all of the productivity that you had from working from home, but we also want you to be in the office a lot. The thing about the office is the office is not generally a productive space for a lot of people.
0: Just because there are distractions that aren't central to your actual work.
1: Yeah, so there is a lot of waste inherent to going into the office. Some of that is just the commute, right? right. But I think people also forget that like the office required a lot of sitting around and being in your chair when you didn't need to be, and a lot of it too is just like hanging out with coworkers. That's part of the the great part. That's part of uh-huh. what people really uh-huh. miss. But it's also not necessarily getting work done.
0: This is a conundrum, right? Because employees have gotten used to having more ownership over their time. But if you look at it from an employer's point of view, I mean, how do you create a policy that is equitable, but also taking into consideration the fact that you might actually need certain employees
1: physically in the building. So some of it is just reexamining tradition and like the pandemic forced that, right? Forced people to think, what does customer service look like not in an office building? What does a receptionist look like not in an office building? And then the other thing too is actually asking your employees what schedules work well. And what I've seen for companies that are figuring out this back to the office transition is figuring out, okay, what do we want the office for? What are the reasons why we want to go back? What sort of tasks are really important to do in the office? And once you figure that out, then you can figure out, okay, so we can allow people to shape their week around, let's say we want everyone to be in the office on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 to two. That allows so much flexibility in terms of not having to go into the office during peak commute times, being able to facilitate pickups and drop-offs from school, right? There's all sorts of things that parents in particular still need in terms of a flexible workday, and you can make that work. You really can. You just have to listen to employees and also not have arbitrary understandings of when the workday should start and stop.
0: Are there any concerns, though, about companies who've gone fully remote? I mean, what are some of the drawbacks to having undergone a really big culture change through all this and now having all your employees remote?
1: I think there still are going to be ways that they figure out to be in a space together, whether that means a once yearly retreat, a quarterly retreat, more innovative ways of, of being online with one another and figuring that out. But also an important thing is understanding what is culture for? Is there an actual reason to like cultivate friendship with your coworkers. And this is sometimes the most controversial. Right, because
0: everybody's all about a corporate culture. And so many organizations and companies are like, we're one big happy family.
1: No, that's toxic. <laughs> Like, when you think of your your corporation as a family, it's a toxic family. And so one of the things that I think a lot of people, particularly millennials, have gotten used to is using their workplace as their primary source of friendship or companionship. And that is the result of working all of the time and having your identity be solely defined by your job. And so as we start to disarticulate ourselves from that understanding to try to figure out like who we are apart from work. Part of that means I don't have to be best friends with everyone that I work with. And if you have a more flexible life that isn't in the office all of the time, you can cultivate and sustain friendships that are not associated with the workplace. And that is so important.
0: Hmm. You write about the lengths that certain employers are taking to kind of keep tabs on their own employees. So corporations who have maybe allowed telework in the pandemic, they don't trust their employees. Basically they're spying on them.
1: Yeah. So I think a lot of this has to do with managers feeling very insecure about how to manage. And I don't necessarily think that this is a character flaw or that there's ill intent. Historically, managing has involved surveillance of some sort, right? Like eyes on the people that you are managing, seeing them every single day in the office or seeing when they they come and leave, how they interact with other people. It's been a very physical act. So I think that a lot of managers are hoping (laughs) that if employees come back into the office, then managing will get easier. And also that their jobs as managers will become more visible, like the work that they're doing Uh, will be more tangible and easier to, to ascertain to value. So I think that companies who are moving into this more flexible and remote style have to really be thinking about what does management look like? What does good remote management look like? It's not something that you can say, oh, I've just been doing it for these last 18 months. I know how to do it. It's a real skill. And the other thing too, is I think especially people who are in power in organizations and whose job really is to kind of walk around and just like check on people, <laughs> they want to feel that power again. They mm-hmm. want to feel like they are doing a good job and, and the way that they know that they're doing a good job is by walking around. And that's not enough reason to make an entire organization come back into the office.
0: Anne Helen Peterson is the co-author of Out of Office, which is out December 7th. And it's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: You keep it going, man. You keep those books rolling. You you pick up all those books that you're going to read and not remember, and you roll, man. You get that associate's degree, okay? Then you get your bachelor's. Then you get your master's. Then you get your master's master's. Then you get your doctorate. You go, man. And then when everybody says quit, you show them those degrees, man. When everyone says, hey, you're not working, you're not making any money, you say, you look at my degrees and you look at my life. Yeah, I'm 52. So What? Hate all you want, but I'm smart. I'm so smart. And, and I'm in school. These guys out here um, making money all these ways. And I'm spending mine to be smart. You know why? Because when I die, buddy, you know what's going to keep me warm? That's right. Those degrees. More black Americans are going to college, but research shows they take out more student loans and are more likely than white students to have trouble paying off their debt. Some black St. Louis College graduates say they're still dealing with the long-term consequences of that debt years after graduating. St. Louis Public Radio's Niara Savage reports how the racial wealth gap makes it especially hard for black families to pay off student loans.
3: 27-year-old Connor Hurt has two degrees from St. Louis University. She got a bachelor's in communication sciences and disorders in 2016, then returned to get her master's a few years later. She's overwhelmed by the amount of money she owes.
4: So the last time I looked, (laughs) because it's not something I really like to look at often, it was probably like a little bit more than $100,000
3: in loans. Hurt has a new job as a speech therapist at St. Louis Children's Hospital. She recently left a position with St. Louis Public Schools that just didn't pay enough
4: on one hand if I do think about it too much I do get very overwhelmed because it's like that's a huge number and especially being a fresh grad when I was it just seemed like such an impossible number to ever overcome but then on the other hand I also have the attitude of whatever if they get paid they get paid if they die with me they die with me
3: She's a first-generation college graduate, and, like many black professionals, she remembers her parents telling her a college degree was the ticket to financial success. Data scientist Lowell Ricketts is with the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. He says a college education does not level the financial playing field between black and white families. Even when you look among black and white college graduates, among even postgraduates you still see the racial wealth gap. And that's why even when we look within higher education, it doesn't serve as an equalizer among black and white families. After college, black graduates owe an average of $25,000 more than white graduates, according to research done at the Brookings Institution. University of North Carolina Chapel Hill professor Finiba Otto researches the relationship between college debt and the wealth gap. She says the nation's legacy of slavery and discrimination means Black Americans have less family wealth, so they have to borrow more to go to college, leaving them with more debt after graduation. On top of that, Otto says, Black graduates can have a harder time finding a job that allows them to pay off their debt.
4: I mean, we still see very strong evidence of labor market discrimination, um, lower likelihoods of college graduates, you know, who have similar credentials as their white counterparts, um, getting similar salaries or similar pay or getting um, positions with um, the same career trajectories.
3: Some Black graduates of St. Louis colleges say they still feel bogged down by their debt years after graduating. For Josias Calhoun, it left him with bad credit, making it hard to get other loans or even a good apartment. Calhoun, a motivational speaker, got a bachelor's in business from Harris-Stowe State University in 2010 and a master's in advertising from Webster University a few years later. He estimates he still owes $40,000 in student loans.
4: It's like I'm going to pay it off, and I'm going to pay it, but it can be a, a dagger. It can be just a thorn in your side.
3: Connor Hurt, the speech therapist, knows her loans will be hanging over her far into the future. She describes the idea of buying a home as impossible and worries that her debt could impact her personal life.
4: Even though I'm like single, I do think about if I was ever to meet a potential partner, what if they come from a family who was able to pay off all their debt, um, and then I have all this debt. Um, I'm like, it seems like burdensome, so that's something that I always think about.
3: Researchers say a college education is still an effective tool for economic mobility. But they say it's important for families to weigh the risks of costly borrowing. I'm Niara Savage, St. Louis Public Radio.
4: And may all your Christmas
5: means much more than handling special PTO requests during a blackout period. And we've all been there, right? From wrapping up open enrollment before the office party to making a list of compliance deadlines and checking it twice, it can be easy to overlook one of your best opportunities for building company culture, the office holiday party. Even if your party's still several weeks away, it's time to celebrate the holidays at HR Party of One. In today's episode, we're going to cover why the office holiday party matters, especially this year, and we'll also discuss how to plan yours. By the end, you'll be better prepared to show your team you care. Today, we'll discuss why throw a party, how to plan your party, and how to make the most of your party. So, let's get this party started. Whether your employer has never had an annual party before or hosted one for decades, it's still worth asking, why throw an office holiday party? Even if it's a company tradition, the costs and risk associated with holiday parties are enough to demand a better reason than traditional loan. In fact, after the 2020 holiday season, that's exactly where many employers ended up. Most attempted to move their holiday parties online while some insisted on gathering as usual even at a time when nothing was going as usual. And still others canceled festivities altogether. The pandemic has challenged so many office routines and traditions that companies have found themselves asking, why do we do so many things? As I mentioned, tradition alone isn't a good reason to throw an office holiday party, especially when so many organizations are still recovering from lost revenue. It certainly costs less to cancel the party, but. I would argue that not bringing it back this year could actually cost you more in the long run. Why? The primary purpose of an office holiday party is to build your company's culture. Even if planning the party is not HR's responsibility in your organization, it's still an HR issue because it's so vital to a healthy culture. And of course, a healthy culture has a direct effect on retention. With that in mind, we should take holiday fun pretty seriously. The office holiday party is an opportunity to get to know coworkers better and meet significant others, to socialize across teams and to mingle with managers outside the context of project collaboration or performance management, and to celebrate the year's work, whether the company has been thriving or just surviving, it's important to acknowledge and encourage employees' efforts. And that might be the best reason of all to host a holiday party, to show appreciation. An excellent example is actually an origin story Believe it or not, the earliest mention of an office holiday party is Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. It's one of the most beloved and retold stories about the holiday season, but it's easy to overlook that the book very much is about employee retention too. Scrooge is not only a miser, he's also a boss. To remind Scrooge of the power of a good employer, the ghost of Christmas past takes him back to Fezziwig's Ball, a lively office holiday party. For the first time in the novel, Scrooge is delighted. The ghost teases him, asking why he is so moved by his old boss's gesture when Fezziwig likely spent so little money on these festivities. Scrooge replies, it isn't that spirit. He has the power to render us happy or unhappy, to make our service light or burdensome, a pleasure or a toll. The happiness he gives is quite as great as if it cost a fortune. How's that for company culture? The first office holiday party proves that employers don't have to break the bank to show their thanks. This holiday season, you can set an example of gratitude and generosity that your team may remember fondly decades later. So we've covered the why. Now let's talk about how. How to plan your party. Before we look at logistics of when and where, it might be helpful to consider who could help with planning. I found there are always a few passionate event planners in every office who often jump at an opportunity to plan a party. Extend an open invitation to employees and delegate responsibilities. Being an HR party of one doesn't mean you have to plan alone. The first thing you'll want to consider are the logistics of when and where. I would recommend setting a date and sticking to it before deciding on a venue. That is, unless the venue is the difference maker for your organization. At Bernie Portal, we've scheduled our office holiday party on a Thursday evening in early December. We chose a weekday out of consideration for our employees' weekend plans, which are usually especially busy around the holiday season. We chose early December for a similar reason, also keeping in mind that the closer we get to the actual holidays, the more likely employees will be traveling. We chose an evening so that significant others can make it as well. Bernie Portal wants our workers to know that we plan the party with them in mind. That's also why we settled on the date and sent out Google Calendar invites as early as July. As far as location, you have several options. Obviously, the office would be the most convenient and cost effective, but I would try to plan it somewhere else if at all possible. Remember that the purpose of the party is to build company culture. Hosting the festivities in the same space as daily activities make the event less exceptional. It also discourages workers from taking a break and getting to know each other outside of the office. Many HR pros know how our physical environment can influence our attitude. Parties are no exception. Some small to mid-sized business owners may want to host the holiday party at their home. After all, hospitality is a form of appreciation. A house party can be a great culture-building event. That's certainly been the case at Bernie Portal in the past. But, as we've learned, it becomes less of a viable option the more the company grows. At Bernie Portal, we've booked a private event space at a restaurant near our main office in downtown Nashville. We wanted it to be a familiar area within walking distance. That way, employees don't have to stress about finding the location or a parking spot on their way to a fun and relaxing event. The restaurant is also close to many other venues if employees want to hang out or have a drink after the party. As you're planning, be sure to invite remote and offsite workers. Even if they don't plan to attend, it's still a good idea to check in with them on a video call. Let them know the company is thinking about them and appreciates them. Also, remember to make the party inclusive of all religions. Although the actual holidays celebrate particular cultures and religions, the purpose of our holiday office party is building company culture. It's also important to clearly set expectations for employees ahead of time. You should remind employees that even though the party is a chance to relax and enjoy the company of colleagues, it is still an office event. In other words, they may not have professional responsibilities at the party, but, their professional reputation is still at stake. It's good to get out of the office, but they're still going back the next day, when the party may still be a topic of conversation, or at least you hope so. Before the party, HR can remind employees of relevant policies and norms like anti-harassment. However, rather than copying policy language in the party invitation, not really a great look, instead find more creative and situation-specific ways to communicate expectations. For example, I send out party FAQs a week or two in advance with answers to questions like Can I bring a plus one? What should I wear? Will there be alcohol? Should I bring a gift? And can I post pictures on social media? In all situations, not just parties, I think HR should anticipate the worst and find a creative way to prevent that. For example, Alcohol is often a particular concern at holiday parties. It invites a host of liabilities. So much so that many employers no longer allow it at parties. You want your employees to enjoy the festivities without becoming a danger to themselves or others. But you also want to treat them like adults. So if you do plan to allow alcohol, you might consider a two-drink max or a ticket system. Or you could give each employee an Uber or Lyft code ahead of time to nudge them towards getting a ride rather than driving home afterwards. There are so many ways you can plan your holiday office party in a way that uniquely is suited to your organization. I just want to reiterate how important it is to plan early and communicate clearly, whatever the details and expectations. Speaking of expectations, let's discuss how HR and managers can make the most of your holiday office party. So what about party time? Should HR just kick back and relax and let all of the meticulous planning go to work for you? Or should HR be vigilant and on guard throughout the night? I think there is a third way. To be clear, HR should not be the party police. You want to have fun too, and you certainly deserve it. I think it's actually good for employees to get to know HR pros in a more relaxed social setting. Employees can be more understanding of policies and procedures they don't like when they see the human behind human resources. Take the opportunity to enjoy yourself and let others see that. Still, if there's an expectation that employees not treat this as a private party with close friends, then there should be some light supervision. After all, someone in leadership will have to, at the very least, assume responsibility when booking the venue. I'm not saying that the person is a de facto party police, but I'm saying that there is already some degree of responsibility to go around. However, it should not all fall on HR's shoulders. As I mentioned in recent episodes, one of HR's responsibility is training and coaching management. The office holiday party should be another opportunity to exercise that leadership role. I would recommend sending an email to managers a few days before to establish at least these three expectations. Managers should act as hosts. The office holiday party allows everyone to get to know one another better, but it could be the case that for some employees, say new hires or fully remote workers, their managers may be the only person in the company that they know. That means, at the very least, managers should commit to showing up. As hosts, managers should make sure they greet their direct reports and introduce themselves to significant others. Like it or not, it's likely that an employee's partner knows the manager's name, even if the manager doesn't know theirs. When they've heard so much about the manager already, putting a name with a face can go a long way. It also helps managers better see an employee as a whole person when they meet a significant other. When workers feel seen, they often attribute that to company culture, which in turn contributes to company culture. Next up, managers should help make connections. Several years ago, a brand new hire showed up at our office holiday party, knowing no one but his hiring manager. The problem, however, was that the manager wasn't there and didn't let anyone know that someone needed to introduce the new hire to coworkers. The awkwardness left a lasting impression even though several considerate employees eventually saw what was happening and took responsibility. Managers are also the most frequent point of contact between teams. This means they often know more people across your organization than employees who mostly just collaborate within their team. The office holiday party is a great opportunity for managers to help their employees make connections which can give those workers a better sense of purpose and understanding for how each person contributes to the whole. This feeling of working towards a common goal is at the very heart of a healthy company culture. Next, managers should remember they are managers. As I mentioned, no one should treat the office holiday party like a free-for-all, especially managers. Like HR, managers should try to enjoy themselves, but they should not forget themselves. Even without meaning to, workers will notice their manager's behavior at the party, as my two earlier points made clear. Getting me out of the office does not change the fact that managers still represent company leadership in the eyes of their employees. In turn, managers should keep an eye out for their employees' behavior as well. This shouldn't require constant, condescending attention. Remember, they likely hired the members of their team, which means they should be able to trust their judgment. However, managers should be willing to take someone aside, discreetly of course, if that employee starts to embarrass themselves or the company at the party. It will go so much smoother coming from someone who's established rapport in a weekly one on one meetings rather than HR. Managing difficult conversations with integrity and grace is, you guessed it, another hallmark of company culture. For more on training and coaching managers, I've included links to earlier episodes in the description. We've talked a lot about company culture in the holiday episode of HR Party of One. That's because it's something to anticipate and celebrate. In next week's episode of HR FAQ, we're going to answer the question, what is company culture? Check it out on this channel next Tuesday. As always, remember that your role is as strategic as you make it.
2: context of white supremacy gusty renegade in for another broadcast hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy today's date friday december 3rd 2021 so i have been told this is our weekly broadcast on neutralizing workplace racism Uh, dial in if you have thoughts suggestions, observations, uh, particularly if you figured out some things that work well to solve problems without creating new problems in the workplace. The number 720-716-7300. The code five six four pounds Press star 61. If you would like to participate, the email until justice at gmail.com. Again, the program not for spectators. uh, If you have figured out some things that work well in your workplace, solve problems, get people from accusing you falsely or trying to steal your vacation days or whatever else it happens to be. If you figured out some things that neutralize those problems where well, you don't have to continue to deal with it, they don't bother you. They harass you. If you put in for a time off request or what have you, it's honored. And that's the end of it. If you figured out some of those types of things, let us know other victims of racism would appreciate having some strategies dial in. And uh, yes, hopefully we can Im- Im- imitate, uh some of your, workplace uh good cheer or happy tidings. Uh let's see. Go through some of the audio reports before we get to people who wrote in and or folks who called in is also uh let's see at the very beginning now we heard the holiday report at the end, right? The very first report that we heard that was just published like let's see, it's five uh it's like five thirty five Pacific. That report was published. It was from All Things Considered uh, on NPR, like between two and 3:30 p.m. Pacific time. So just maybe 90 minutes, maybe two hours before we went live, they had that report, and they were talking about adjustments that are being made in the workplace as a result of the uh, Omicron variant that has received so much attention over the past week and saying that, oh man that's thrown a monkey wrench into things. We were slowly, uh, at least trying to figure out what the transition back to the workplace, uh, in person is going to look like and getting everybody to put their, uh, pajamas, uh, or excuse me, to put their pajamas away and put clothes back on, come into work, behave themselves. And now we got this. And so is that going to delay the plan or make us reconsider or whatever else? The very first thing that they mentioned in that segment, was the holiday party. Now, I mean, they could have been joking. I certainly understand that for some people, the holidays is a big deal. You get to see family or it has some religious significance, but I mean, wow, we're in the middle, two years into a global health crisis, and it's not, oh my God, PPE, days off, all the vaccine mandate, that's not where they started. They started, oh my goodness, the holiday party. Are we still gonna be able to get it together for happy hour? Like, are you flipping serious? And if anything, I appreciate it out of that. Like, oh, we were all excited. It's been two years. A lot of folks, you know, we had to delay the office holiday party last year. Now we got all the vaccines this time around. So we were ready to roll. We were getting, you know, our fifths all filled up and bottles of liquor and everything else. We could go out and do it to it. And now we might have to foiled again that type of thing if anything that was about the only portion where I was like wow that is awesome I can use that right there say hey somebody says we got an office holiday put on Omicron can't do any of that you know so the first segment again discussing changes in the workplace they already they uh, after they got past the holiday party they mentioned that vaccine mandates which has been you know huge bit of controversy contention for a year now and they said that When the Delta variant was first being reported that that caused uh, an uptick in terms of people saying, hey, let's go ahead and vaccine uh, mandate vaccines for the workplace, uh, the name of worker safety and all the rest of it. And they suspected uh, it could be a similar response this time around with uh, Omicron. Uh, I do not support any of the uh, mask mandates or vaccine mandates. I do not see any reason that they will be enforced Uh, In a just manner, I would just see more racism, white supremacy, where black people would be harassed, punished, harangued uh, about a mask or anything else. And white people would be able to skirt these rules without the same uh, punitive results. But that notwithstanding, uh, we'll have to see how all that goes with the uh, mandates Uh, next. In that same report, they talked about some of the differences in terms of working, uh, coming to work and being at home. And they talked about all the time wasting uh, that goes on at work. That's something that we talked about, too, where you have to go. And now people want to come and talk to you about all kinds of goofiness and, oh, what did you do for your Thanksgiving? What kind of turkey did you have? Did your relatives come in and just all of this that has nothing to do with work? just trying to snoop and get some information and you have to get around all those questions or what did you watch on television? Have you been keeping up with the Jeffrey Epstein or the Giseline Maxwell trial and all this other non-work related stuff that that wastes so much time Uh, And that for some people it has been a boon in terms of productivity to be away from all that. You don't have to go through all that. You don't have to waste a half hour talking about the Christmas party and what you're going to wear You can just work. You don't have to get into all that at all. And in that same segment, this is all just about, hey, are we coming back to the workplace or is it going to be delayed again? They said that I guess this has been hard for some people. The socializing aspect of being at work and all those goofy parties and office hour and everything else. Happy hours is they said for a lot of workers and I guess uh, younger workers, the millennials, they've said that. For them, they work so many hours that they view work work is their primary means of socializing friendships. Uh, That's why that language of this is a family and all that totally unhealthy, totally incorrect. You did not fill out that application. Do the interview, go in and and seek that job out so that you also could use that as your uh, friend Socializing spot as Tinder to meet, you know, a a potential dating partner, so called, or anything else. This is just to get employment, get compensation, define your career, learn some things to move along in your profession or what have you. That's it, not homies. And you know, now I got some people that we can go out and kick it for drinks for the weekend. That's not what your job is for, man. Get on Tinder or you know, get your uh, computer skills up or something. Uh, they said, uh, and even within that same segment, they said that one of the things I guess that some of the managers, white people, I suspect miss not having people in the office for all this time. They miss that feeling of power, being able to Lord over your subjects. And what are you doing? Let me go and do some managing, some micromanaging. Either. What are you, what are you doing? What time did you get here today? Have you get that assignment completed? All the rest of it. you can't do that if folks are all at home. That's why they got all that surveillance technology on your computers and such. But uh, they said that many of the managers have, have missed that omnipotence. Having everyone right there to harass and dominate can't do that if everybody's remote. Let's see. Next, they talked about Oh man so important. So they talked about the report, St. Louis Public Radio, black people, they said for years, all that hogwash. Go to college. I'm not uh discouraging people from seeking higher education. I'm just saying racists will say, see here, the problem is not that there's racism. The problem is that you niggas are just lazy. See, you don't want to go to school and you don't want to learn. You don't want to go to college. You just, you know, want to watch television and think you're going to be the next LeBron James. Think you're going to be the next Jay Z and all that, as opposed to getting a book and doing some learning. See, that's the sort of rhetoric that they will say. Uh In fact, I remember right here in Seattle, I was in the central district, probably about 15, 20 minutes uh, from where I am right now. South central district. We were at the community center, like a half a block from Garfield school. We're right there in the lobby, gorgeous black female, natural hair. She's right there kicking it. I actually came to see her. We're out there kicking it at the center, talking on a weekend and a different patron comes by the center. And she says, I think this is a black person too. And she says, uh, You know, these kids don't want to learn the same rhetoric. These kids don't want to learn. They don't want to go to school. You know, they're they're just lazy and they don't have the same value of education. They don't want to go to college. That's why they can't do anything. You don't go to college. You're not going to be anything and burn all this other stuff. Lovely black female got even more lovely at this moment because she hopped in not being rude, but she just hopped in as this point was being made and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I have a master's degree. I am a black female and I have struggled to get employment and still don't feel like I'm being compensated correctly for someone with a master's degree. And that kind of wrapped up that conversation, but that is so popular, um, for years. Uh, like I've said, in terms of that way of thinking and you just don't hear, or I don't hear as much of that. Like, Hey, there are tons of black people who've gone to school. They were not lazy. They did not take eight years to graduate with a four year degree. They did well. They studied hard and racism, white supremacy. Race soldiers do not care what your GPA was, how hard you studied, how many credit hours you got, what your concentration was in. All of that is hogwash. You're a nigra Degree nigra Ph.D. Negro. uh That was another one where I was reminded we had the segment a few weeks back where they talked about the uh, occupational outlook handbook uh, as opposed to I'm going to go and spend all, that's, all this money because that was a big part of the segment too not just I went and invested paid all this money for this degree and do I get the same type of job is this going to help uh, close the wealth disparity between individuals classified as white and black people no 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 it's not even going to do any of that and you're going to be strapped with all this debt people sent $40,000 $100,000 is so much I'm afraid to look be strapped with all this debt that you hope you maybe one day might get a job that will compensate you well enough that you can pay all of that off and then get back to having some fun and having a few nickels to buy you know who knows some organic blueberries uh, let's see but the occupational outlook handbook Check out those careers before you spend all that money and you might find a better Avenue where you don't have to spend all that money and can still find an occupation, a career field where you can do well and will be pleased. Racism will still be a problem, but you won't have to fork over a hundred thousand dollars and then never get hired for a job. Let's see. Uh, we had also the segment that was talking about, uh, this might be a permanent adjustment in terms of the workplace uh depending on how long how long uh all of this goes in terms of people not being in the office, what types of long term changes uh that that will bring to the workplace uh, I've talked about you can even tie that together with the first segment. I know many many non white people that has not been an option. Depending on how long, how long all of this goes that might change for some people and again depending on the profession obviously some jobs delivery drivers will never work from home as will a number of other folks grocery store operators and essential employees medical professionals that's never going to be an option so for many of us Uh, yeah, whatever Omicron or any other variants that they want to bring on, you'll still be going into the office. But for people who do have that as an option, that would be something I would be thinking about. Or maybe even the people who, uh, it could be an option, but you're still going into the office to even be thinking about like, Hey, maybe this will be an option. If this, you know, other variant comes in and how is this going to change things around? What would work out best for me? Uh, if I am gonna be at home still having a code in terms of how you make that work uh to make that as constructive as possible, but man, the uh changes to the workplace environment just from all of this with covid has been uh whew, each day new turn uh and finally, the last report that we heard all about office parties now, any other time I'd have felt some type of way like, man, why are we wasting all this time on office holiday parties? that segment. They were talking so serious, like they were not joking around. It was all serious about what is the reason for having these office parties? Is it safe to have these parties again? What sort of guidelines should we have about the party? Should you have it at somebody's house? And how do you do the rules? And letting people know what's expected. Those office parties can be such a big deal. The holiday parties, the birthday parties, whatever it is. That's why I mentioned uh, holiday parties every season. I bring up holiday parties on workplace racism because that is so serious. And you know, that's one that you don't want to be caught out in left field as they say, uh, where you want to be prepped. You already want to know what your code is. If you're going, if you're not going and then tips on behavior, if you do uh, decide to attend all of that also to include, Hey, you heard all the time that they invested in talking about that and tips for how to pull it off for some companies refusal to attend those office holiday parties can be a big problem, meaning that might be justification for you being fired, even though they won't say we're firing you because you didn't come to the office holiday party. You know, that might be part of it. Um, or, and, or you don't get a promotion. You don't get a raise. Uh, we've had people and I'm sure many of the folks, if you're listening right now are aware of situations where Hey, you. We, we're looking for social cachet in the workplace. Uh, the people who don't uh, show up will be frowned upon, maybe teased. Maybe we gossip about them while we're here. Talk bad about them for the next year because they were not at the Christmas party. And we've had cows listeners uh, who said, hey, these like I said, these uh, the birthday parties, office holiday parties, whatever it is not attending can have consequences. So if you're in one of those environments where it's. Hey, I feel like if I don't go get me a glass of eggnog and, you know, sing uh, Merry Christmas, at least one round or whatever it is, hop in this Instagram photo, I'm going to be in trouble at least for 365 days. Hope I'm still working here for the 2022 office holiday party when maybe I can make a different choice. If that is your situation, fine. I've said for years you attend the party, but you have a code. Number one, when they mentioned right there, hey, they had to bring up alcohol because people do cut a fool. I even know that from my personal life. Uh, when I got one of the jobs that I got in California in the school system, there, no less, how embarrassing. They, uh, in the training, we had a two week training session. They took time in the two week uh, orientation and training to tell us, oh, yeah, we always have wonderful uh, parties. They had like a summer, some kind of summer party. And I think they had something for like Christmas time festivities as well. But, They'd be like, yeah, we have our office parties and blah, blah, blah. But really important to remember these are workplace functions. Uh, all the rules for the workplace still apply. If you get drunk and are cutting a fool and sexual harassment and blah, blah, blah. And, all, and it was just like, wow, like this was in training and it was a stop to deviate. Like, do we want to go to the party? Or if we do go, I need to have the like company handbook present. Like what in the world? Because right, they, they even included that people had been terminated for their conduct Uh, at company parties. And I've heard that repeatedly, uh, the debauchery, especially if they have alcohol, like people go and cut a fool. So, uh, it would just be, if this is one where I feel like, Hey, there's a promotion that I'm looking at. There's a raise. I have a performance review coming up at the beginning of the year. I want to make sure I don't do anything that might sabotage, including neglecting the office party. Cool. in the gang you go. You have a code. I've said for years, like uh, if it's one of those, they talked about a plus one. If you have a care mate, bring them. If not, you can bring uh, if you have one codified friend that you get along with. uh, You all have some understanding kind of racism or at least a minimum. And you can just kind of tell them, hey, we're having an office Christmas party. Come hang out that way. I have somebody to help. If, you know, things get crazy, they're trying to get me to drink or whatever it is. Uh, We I said you have a time. It could be thirty minutes, forty five minutes, whatever it is, but you have a time limit. I'm not hanging out here all night long. I'm gonna be here for a brief period of time. They I will be seen. I can hop in the Instagram photo, I can grab an hors d'oeuvre, no alcohol, and then we split. You know, I go around, shake a few hands, what's up, good cracking, I nice see, you, blah blah blah. All of that said, if you work in an environment where you feel like you'll be penalized for not attending the party, you go if you work in an environment where that is not the case, it's not even up for discussion. And particularly with everything we've heard about this year, it would be immediately. I am a parent not taking any chances with my offspring. We're not doing large gatherings and that's it. It wouldn't be anything else to say in that. You don't even have to get into the politics of all of this and what I think is going on. And You need to manage. It's just, I'm a parent not taking any risks. We're not doing large gatherings at this point. We meaning me and my my partner, uh, us parents, we're not taking any risks in doing large gatherings, just not taking any chances with the children. I think most people would understand that. No big deal, given the circumstances. If you don't have children, I have older or elders in my family that I visit and care for often. Same thing. Just not taking any chances with their health. I'm avoiding large gatherings. You all have A great time. I'll be there in spirit. That's all you have to say. Doesn't get any more political than that. It doesn't have to do with your religious affiliation or anything like that. Just I'm erring on the side of caution. If you can't do that, like I said, you have a code for how you deal with the office workplace party. Anywho, uh, let's see we will migrate to the callers and such. If you have to deal with all that nonsense, the office holiday party and everything, if you have some tips on getting through all that as safely as you can, injury free, let us know. Uh, anyone who's been penalized for not attending, you can let us know that too, because like I said, that does happen sometimes. So sometimes you might have to bite the bullet and attend. Uh, last week on the program, we had someone from, or I would say that we had uh, a victim who dialed in grave uh gave great suggestions on having a code as well if you work for a company and you have some sort of device uh that you are issued if it's a phone a laptop a tablet whatever whatever the device is uh if you have something like that uh to be very careful codified about using that product in your residence Uh, we talked about them being able to turn on the camera remotely or the microphone or whatever uh, to spy to see what websites you're on and taking screenshots. Uh, The person that dialed in was also talking about, Hey, all of the technology and things that they have now, some of these devices you take at home, you log on to your home network so you can surf the web and do what you do. The device may be able to now on track all of the data going on your network, whether it's on that on their specific machine, meaning your employer's device Or your own personal property, whatever traffic's happening on that network, it may now be able to track those types of dangers, right? To just be very mindful. Uh, As I said, I think we were saying last week, some people chosen, Hey, I will go out of the house. I'll go to Starbucks or I'll go to the library or someplace else do the work there. And then it's never on my network at home. For some people that might not be feasible. I think our caller last week also suggested you could form a guest network From your uh, personal network at your residence that is not difficult to do at all they have uh, YouTube videos they have YouTube videos for everything right they have YouTube videos uh, that are not long at all that will go over the details and show you how to do it I just want to check to see myself to see if I'd be intimidated I'm not like a tech uh, guru by any stretch of the imagination but it was not difficult like it was and they had a number of them it was not intimidating you'd be able to do it super uh, easily Uh, if that's, you know, something that you're concerned about and just protecting your data and privacy, uh, in the midst of all this, if you are working from home trade-offs, you can't even just go home and be chilling, go home and they spy on you on the computer, go back in the job and they, you know, spy on you directly. Anywho, uh, we had people who wrote in about this as well. So I'll share some of their commentary as we ride, but they just reinforced Absolutely. If you get a device from your job, be careful with the way that you use it, uh, and just thinking that that could be another means of them tracking your information. That's it. Uh, number again: 720 716 7300 The code: five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like. To participate the email again until justice at gmail dot com. Read your commentary if you are writing in. Uh let's see. Folks who dialed in, uh if you will have commentary observations to share, uh, let's see. Bay Area Mom, see you are with us. Nab other hands as we roll. Bay Area mom, do you have commentary? You should be with us.
6: Um, yes. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Um, greetings to you and everyone online. Uh workplace racism. So I missed last week. I don't remember what happened. Sorry to sleep. Um. Uh, let's see. So this week I. Um, had to only worked a couple of days. I um, I was off Wednesday and Thursday, and then of course last week I was off Thursday and Friday for that uh, holiday. And um, you can kind of uh, I, I guess uh, well the little boy's mom went on um, out of state because uh a funeral. Oh well, maybe just because her husband went out there too, and maybe for uh, just spent Thanksgiving with them him them out there and maybe go to the service as well. So um uh he didn't get back until maybe Tuesday. Monday night or something. But she didn't say anything, so I went there and found out he wasn't there. So no big deal. But he came back, I don't know, it looks a little under the weather. So everybody acts like nothing wrong. <laughs> Then the mom was like, well, he hasn't been feeling good since we got back from Texas. And like, Duh. And, you know, Texas and their mandate law. Every I'm like, don't sell it. So then she said, I'm the sick. We're trying to act like it's our allergy. I didn't go last week. Um, I... uh. I mean, I didn't go um, for the last couple of days and then, you know, the Thanksgiving holiday. So, um, now, they she got a text message uh, stating that I wasn't going to be there for the two days because I had already warned them, but nobody was, you know, they don't really be interested until you not going to be there. Like, you just, oh, she, she meant today. Oh. So, uh, the two days, the kids were probably losing their minds And... um the little boy. So I guess that's when it registers. Uh, And I think the little boy's mom gets the attitude when I'm not, if I'm not going to (laughs) come. I think she holidayed anything. It's it's a trip. So, and I don't know. I don't know if, and then I guess, uh, maybe she works some more hours or something. And, but I don't know what's the difference because it's not like he's learning anything. And in in all honesty, he doesn't follow the program. He doesn't, I'm just there trying to get some stuff done, playing with them. The only time I really make them work, work, is if I'm overlapped, if I have a supervisor. You know, other than that, I don't, because I, there's nothing I can do. And I'm not going through all that, so, and I guess they don't mind either. So, just be there. And, you know, he is using his words more. He is repeating more. I did get the, the lady to take the big, the adult, the regular YouTube off of his tablet and put, you know, kid YouTube, the YouTube for kids, and kind of tone down on, you know, how he's able to just go on YouTube watching those stupid videos. So that that helped him to where now since he's forced to, you know, Sesame Street and all that stuff. So now he's, you know, repeating some of those things. Um, I was able to get that, and then so since I hadn't been there, she called me, the mom. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she texted Yeah, she called me. So I look, I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh I haven't been to work two days. But they get a warning, you know, they let them know and stuff before, you know, it happens. So she was like, no, I'm just checking on these See, You all right, you know, you have been to work. So I said, she's like, yeah, I did get a text. I said, okay, well, I told you I had a funeral. Oh, did you? I was like, I told you a few weeks ago little this little you know, this little guy had got um killed. He was like nineteen, somebody killed him, it was awful. So I took off, you know, because this dad asked me, Would I come? I took off with that and I was like, that's what I told you. And then she's like, Oh yeah. not too much yourself. So then she was saying something about the baby being under the weather and I was like, Well yeah, it was a little under the weather when you know, on um Monday I was like, It's okay, you know, <laughs> No, but he's better now. I so okay. So I go there today. I told her to use, you know, get to use his humidifier and do some peppermint oil or something, some eucalyptus or something, so he could, you know, breathe. It's uh, crazy. So anyway, <laughs> I go there today, and he's um, he's okay, but now she sounds sick. So uh, she's like, you know how it is, I just pass it to you. Don't pass it to me. So I'm there. He's fine. He's all over the place. Don't want to, you know, do no work and uh, just want to play. And so m- my supervisor, supervisor sent me a message asking, can she overlap for about an hour and a half? I was like, I'm sure. So she overlapped via the ta- tablet and she was, um, I just let her see the program, how I run it how I can run it, what I can do, and if I need some help, i got to go get Grandma to make him sit down. And um, he's not interested in the goal, so I just let her see for an hour, and she's, you know, trying to tweak this and trying to do this. So, you know, I just wanted to give her an idea of what really goes on. You know, I'm not going to change any of her programs, but I'm going to do this and this. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just, oh, you asked me to overlap. So she was like, oh, no, 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 it's good, you know, because she's supposed to have had overlap uh, a while ago just to, you know, see what was going on since the lady, the supervisor, they both look uh, look like they classify as white, might have, you know, speak Spanish, who knows, but I noticed how everybody covers for each other. And she's the one that's getting the a.m. girl back in the mornings. And then the mom had, the grandma had asked me, oh, hey, yeah, I heard, um, the, um, supervisor's coming back i said see what did um your supervisor tell you i said yeah he said yeah um yeah she's leaving i said "Uh uh-huh i was like yeah and if you leave and she leaves she won't have anybody like well i don't know i'm sure she'll be okay because they got the whole company you know so um i am leaving i um Uh, i'm just i'm just tired i had a uh, interview um a few days ago and it was for maybe on campus doing this Uh, i think it it pays a lot more um maybe ten dollars more than what i get here and i just i don't know it's at the school so it's just a little different and they'll be closing those down (laughs) so i'll figure it out um i'll figure it out i'm still looking but um I'd rather work from home like the rest of them and be spied on with the computer. I do not mind being spied on with the webcam, and I just cover the camera and close it when I'm closed for work. So I'd rather be spied on like everybody else that works from home. Okay. Thank you for taking my call, and I'll mute my line.
2: Congratulations, Bay Area mom! Uh, I know it's a little premature. You haven't actually totally transitioned to a new place of employment, but I mean that is that is awesome. We talked about that, like working on that exit strategy to get the heck out of there. So hopefully we will hear uh, the news. Maybe it'll be twenty dollars more. It'll go up. Maybe it'll be it'll be uh, twenty dollars more than you're making now, and. Uh, because of omicron they'll move all of the new hired staff to work from home so you'll get a nice new laptop maybe they'll get you a new uh macbook pro and uh yes you can work from home and be great you can totally wash your hands of all of this uh foolishness um which is kind of sad in one respect because it does you know it's trying to help Black people as best you can from a weak position, but I mean, it's just—it's so obvious, you know, from what you've told us over—I don't even know how long it's been. All these—it's been a year at least, I think—of um, just a, a situation where you're just totally disallowed uh, to help folks, um, where you have supervisors, white people. Uh, who do not supervise, who do exactly that, sit at home on the Zoom with their footies and do not help these black children progress up their goals or help you help the staff that's working with them uh, do more and do all that they can to help out these families. Uh, Just the lameness all the way through uh, throwaway children. That's about, you know, all we've heard. Uh, But I do think that that is commendable, uh, even as you're kind of frustrated uh, with the working conditions that you've been exposed to over this time uh, and looking to do better for yourself to get out of there still trying to do your best to help out these uh, black children and family members uh, working with them to get the YouTube off the screen and if we're going to have YouTube at least you know, at least YouTube for children so they're not getting every god awful video uh, being offered to the child I would even say YouTube for children I don't have children but I have been around uh, non-white children who have their tablet and all the rest. And I've seen YouTube for children like we <laughs> like that is not anything that is not much of an improvement. Like maybe you won't get, you know, back that thing up. Like, I guess that's good that the five year olds can't get that. But I mean, I don't know that Cookie Monster is that much better or a lot of the other content that they will be offered. That is a lot of bad food and violence and. Nah, I mean it's just it's just like a, a slightly diluted version of the typical white supremacy racism but it's definitely setting you up for everything else and some cheeseburgers and diabetes too so yeah I mean you do the best you can but man get those tablets and TV and YouTube and all those screens and such really be mindful uh, about the impact that that can have on your child negative adverse impact I should say um The health component of all that, too, I didn't think should be neutralized. Uh, Bay Area mom, she was telling us that some of the clients, uh, I guess she said this for a few weeks, some of the children, I guess, you know, they're going to school or whatever, which often happens. Children go to school. They get sick, pass from one child to the next. And they come back home and get, you know, whoever's in the household sick, too. Uh, She said before the child was sick this time around, then it was uh, one of the guardians was sick and she said oh yeah you know got it from them give it to you it's like whoa 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 (laughs) time out they're talking omicron that see that's another one too where i don't know if it would be much better going to school where you might have a, a much larger population but i mean whoa this is like really close quarters to be in somebody's residence and they're sick and you're sick with what exactly and have you been tested and now I got to be around you what type of ventilation do y'all have and I said that for a long time you really have to be in charge of your own uh, health and well-being I think she talked about before like you know declining uh, working with clients because they were sick and it just seemed like an unsafe situation like anybody out there especially if you're working in people's residence you have to speak up uh, in terms of your uh, health well-being safety uh, which now for sure includes is someone they're sick they have a fever they're coughing they're letting you know that they're sick whoa <laughs> what protocols are we taking to make sure that this is not going to be some sort of super spreader type interaction I go and get it from you and, and all the rest like whoa protocols should be everywhere not just this person has the sniffles and I just assume you know they just had allergies or you know had some jalapeno that morning got some cayenne in their nose that's all that was no again much obliged Bay Area Mom hoping I'm sure other listeners as well really really hoping that you get uh, the other job so that you can burn rubber on the way out of there again uh, you know hopefully things will work out better for the black families that you served and such but I mean yeah this is awful on so many levels Hopefully things will be better. It will be a massive improvement when you relocate. Uh let's see. Uh number again 720 716 7300 the code 564943 pound. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. I mentioned just before we heard from Bay Area Mom, we had the caller last week. He we was talking about uh, being spied on by the computer and is it going to be able to now access what's on your network and all the rest of it. Talking about that, I said they have YouTube videos where you can set up a guest network. It is not difficult at all. They have tons of tutorials, walk you right through it. Bam, you'll be good to go. Uh, so one of our listeners wrote in uh, talking about the same subject matter. She writes, Hi, Gus. The IT caller on Friday was on point. Some weird online stuff started happening with the equipment I received on the 10th day of employment. As a trainer, I'm attending and observing the training through WebX that I will have to do within the next month. No problems until the 10th day. WebX, and this is W-E-B ex mysteriously kicked me out of the training I used the link to sign back into the training twice with no success when the same link finally allowed me to enter the training I missed the activity training continues this week we'll see how it goes incidentally that's the sort of thing I've worked um Training keeps coming. Training is important. That comes up all the time in workplace racism. But a lot today, uh, I personally have worked uh, jobs where they had all kinds of trainings uh, that you even had would have to go for certifications, even if you've been working there for a year, two years, whatever. You might have to go different types of trainings. They have different ups, uh, updates, uh, new techniques, whatever it is. Um, for one of those, I, this happened like I, where I was right there to witness myself and others we didn't even miss a day it was something like this where he just got kicked off this was in person not online but i mean he said he missed like a part of the activity because he got kicked off lot we were late missed like a portion they went and contacted the director and everyone like oh they missed a portion, they were like, they missed a like, dang, like, what in the world, like, and this was like out of town, too, we had to go like two hours out of town to do all this over, we're there for all the rest of it, actively participated, didn't rape anybody, not on drugs, like, totally competent, but they sometimes will be real sticklers, uh, where well, they'll come kind of be like, ooh, you missed that activity, our computer shows that you were not logged on between the hours of 12.01pm and one thirty one p.m. so you'll have to do that like that sort of thing so lots to be mindful of continuing with the report uh before the issue with webex the microsoft teams did not work for three hours the system showed me offline even though i was online working with the onboarding modules and training materials for three hours Again, we will see how this week goes. Now, with that sort of thing, uh, I would just if well, I guess I was going to say screenshots and some of the other methods, other methods of documenting what you've been doing. But this might be a type of thing where you don't know that there, I guess, equipment is showing that you're not online as opposed to you actually have been online and working the whole time. So it might be difficult to kind of um, evidence what you've been doing uh, all along if you don't know that sort of thing is happening continuing Uh, this remote worker still needs more guidance thus my questions 1. does the Trojan horse still work without connection to the Wi-Fi or is Wi-Fi necessary for it to work 2. When connecting to the company's VPN through the cell phone using an app, does our phone become a Trojan horse? Thanks for providing the help to those who need it the most much obliged those are both two great questions as I said already today I do not consider myself an IT expert uh, however at least for question one uh, if I'm understanding it correctly uh, so if you have your were uh, there uh, if you have their device computer tablet whatever uh, and he was asking uh, will the malware that's tracking your network does that still work without a connection to the Wi-Fi or is Wi-Fi necessary for it to work? My understanding is that that connection is necessary for it to work. So if you never uh, connect it to your network, it should not be able to access your data. That would be my understanding. As long as you, you know, have never set it up, shouldn't be a problem. Uh, shouldn't be able to access any of the traffic that's happening on your network now if I'm understanding your question correctly if you're meaning something else like um, if you turn off the Wi-Fi port if it's a laptop or something if you turn off the, the Wi-Fi port will it still work I would I would think ostensibly it shouldn't but you never know they might be able to turn that back on remotely <laughs> who knows like Yeah, I would think the only one that I would feel for sure would be if you don't connect it in the first place, then it shouldn't be able to connect. It would not be an issue. Um, Yeah, once you've connected, it has the passwords that it can access your network. I would think then... Might be a different ball game, like I said, even if you turn the computer off or like it, like the caller was saying last week from that point, it might be you have to take the actual battery out of the machine, and I know some of the newer models that 's not possible for tablets and the like, so or it 's a lot of work to remove the tablet and you might even might be prohibited from doing so like a company that might be a part of their policy and procedure that if you get a Uh, computer or whatever it is to not tinker with it you can't take the battery out and all that so anywho uh, but that's the first one I think the second one was about the phone does the phone work uh, in the same manner I would think it does Uh, if they give you a phone and you connect that phone to your network that they could have the same type uh, of malware to be able to detect traffic or what have you on your home network so that might be something to consider if you get a cell phone as well they give you an iPhone or whatever I'm not going to connect this uh, to my network use the phone do your texts whatever it is but I'm not going to you know play around on this like it's my phone same type of thing with that too that that phone recording camera whatever else unless you take the battery out and same type of thing they might have policy and procedure about that Uh, if we have any folks who uh, are more uh, IT savvy Uh, If you either want to write in or dial in uh, for the question, I'll read it again for folks who are listening in to make sure Gus is not giving out false information. Uh, The questions were one, uh, does the Trojan horse still work without connection to Wi-Fi or is Wi-Fi necessary for it to work? Trojan horse being the software to steal whatever data is on your network. Uh, And then question two, when connecting to the company's VPN through the cell phone using an app, does our phone Become a Trojan horse, folks have any other thoughts feel free to email if you uh, want to write in if you're not able to call or whatever else until justice at gmail dot com until justice at gmail dot com you can read your commentary there if you want to respond that way the number is seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The code 564 four, pounds Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Cybersecurity. Very, very important. Especially more folks looking like they might be working from home, working remotely. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in, uh, if you have a hand up. Commentary to share. Lines should be open. Proceed. Oops. That Let's see.
7: Uh, 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 uh. Can I be heard?
2: Yes, sir. Ah,
7: greetings, guys. Uh To answer the questions about the chosen host with the Wi-Fi, um, uh, I, I do work in IT, and I, I do work with IT security, and I would tell you that ultimately the answer is yes, it can still work in the sense that it can still capture whatever you're doing, and as soon as it gets back on the Wi-Fi, that's when it can transmit. So if you're on a a company computer, or even a company phone, you just have to assume that everything that you do is being monitored, from the keystrokes to whatever. And once you put in the password for your network, if they're logging that, they can get all that too, and they can start scanning your network from the computer. So, especially if you're remote. I've been a remote worker for many, many years, and I can tell you that if it's their computer, forget about it. Now, with the phone, it's a little bit different. The phone, that, that software, some of the phones, like an iPhone, particularly if it's your phone and you're using the VPN, that's a different thing. If it's their phone, then you you have to assume that anything you can do on it, all the calls you make, everything you say, whatever, is recorded. It may be, it may be not, but you have to assume that that's the case. Right. Um, <clears throat> so with with that, the the VPN, if you're using their software on their phone, they can also scan your network and... They can get access to
2: it. It's possible for them to get access to whatever. So I just need my. Just, I guess, for all so we can all learn a little bit more and try and keep ourselves safe uh, is with the computer or tablet, whatever that is, with that device is the only way to try to protect yourself is the only way to never uh, log that device on to your personal network to begin with. Is that the only way to make sure that you're safe in terms of being able to access data on your network?
7: Well, with certain routers, you have the ability to have like a guest network and with the guest network, you can separate the traffic from everything that you have on your network. Right. So that might be one way to do it. And, and, uh, I mean, I'm not going to get onto the technical stuff, but there's, there's different ways that you can do like routing where you can separate your computer or the, the work computer from your network. So it is possible to do it. And some of the, the newer routers make it very easier to just have a guest network where that's the only thing it connects to. But once again, anything that you do, just assume that somebody's that's your boss or whoever security is standing over your shoulder and watching you as you do it with a work computer. So I, I, I've been a worker for years and I have, My work computer, it's only work. I don't do anything else. I don't browse. I don't do anything that's not work-related on that computer. My personal computer, that's where I do all of this stuff. I hope that answers the question.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I will happily, I'll post it. Uh, for listeners, if anybody's in that situation' because we do have some cows listeners who are uh working remotely and they were issued a company device uh it might be more in the future, so i 'll post it. It is really easy, and I think he he just said, depending on the type of router service that you have, equipment that you have, it might be even easier to do. These videos are quick, they have bunches of them too, so you can pick out the one that you know you vibe with um but I mean like less than five minutes quick to set up a guest network totally separate because he said that would work totally separate whatever personal information that you have all your counter racist activities and whatever else they will be none the wiser you just have your guest network and then again as he said if you know they do give you a device whatever it is you use it just for work nothing else you don't do any casual browsing you don't check any of your personal social media email accounts like I said I don't even check the news anything like that just work activities you use that device as though everybody that you work with really your entire department IT all the executives HR everybody custodial staff (laughs) everybody uh, is standing right over your shoulder watching every single keystroke every app that you open every website that you view they are watching taking mm up writing that with that mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what they're doing that's the way that you use that device intelligent intelligent uh if we have other folks cybersecurity. i just want to yes sir
7: sorry i want to ask one thing real quick that with the guest network By default, a lot of the routers, they allow traffic. There is an option on most decent routers that to say, do not allow traffic to my network from the guest network. So that's very
2: important. Love it. Love it. And that might be one just, you said, checking your router and what have you. instruction manual a lot of times we will have some of that just so you can know some of the details to refine your browsing experience and make sure that you're keeping your data safe but Bravo guest network that would be the way to go I think super easy and then make sure that they're not sharing uh, data they're totally separate there you go uh, and again use that device as though they're right behind you right over your shoulder recording every single thing cuz that's about what we have uh if we have other folks uh if you have if you want to respond to that uh subject matter specifically uh, about having these devices in your home. If anybody has, you know, got any uh, codification that they think is important to share, you know, about these devices and keeping your information safe, that is grand or anybody else wants to respond to those questions. Certainly if you have your own situation, uh, problem or some successful codification star six one, uh, let's see some of the other folks who dialed in with a hand up uh, line should be open. Hello. Can I be heard? Yes, sir.
8: All right. Uh, To the last caller, very good uh, job with the explanation and with suggestions. Um, I'm a caller from last week that was uh, telling you guys about it. Here's the thing about the cellular side, right? And this is what I'd warn people about with phones. Um, Just a general statement. If you have an iPhone, I advise you guys to look into um, getting that updated there 's a i guess an Israeli company called n s o that made a form of spyware that does not require for you to interact with it it 's called zero click spyware, meaning you do nothing, they get everything uh, i guess there 's some vulnerability in the iphone i don 't know if it 's in the hardware and or you know the software or firmware, but nonetheless Apple is suing n s o because uh, they've been spying on a lot of people, I guess. Uh, governments and companies turn to NSO to utilize their spyware called Pegasus. Okay. It's, from my understanding, it's designed specifically, I believe, for iPhone, but I wouldn't be surprised if there aren't vulnerabilities on Android devices. The only thing about Android devices that makes them a little bit tougher is the fact that, um, carriers, your cell phone company can implement the type of Android version and system that they want, as opposed to Apple. It's much more closed about how they do things. It's the Apple way or the highway. So if you have an Apple device, I advise you to check into that. Uh, there's some open source hacker communities that have put together like a um form of, malware detection to see so you can look and see if this stuff has been installed on your phone because you will not know if it's installed on your phone uh they're able to pretty much listen in the phone calls and do whatever they want the reason why you won't know it is because you didn't have to do anything to interact with it so in terms of cellular that's always just the trickiness of it um in terms of the work devices here's the here's the catch right let's say your company gives you an iphone i know that uh a family member of mine they were given an iphone by their company and um, I don't know if they've updated their phone or not, but given that it's a, it's a cellular device, it always has a network connection. So even if it's your personal device, if you download anything that has to do with your company, you best suspect that it's spying on you because it generally is going to have that network connection through 4G and or 5G, even if you're not using the Wi-Fi, okay? So that's my suggestion in terms of if you've got an iPhone. Uh, for folks who got Androids, I have an Android, but my Android is so cheap that I don't really care. And if I really want to, I can just take the thing apart and figure out where stuff is at and blah, blah, blah. But I would look into that because companies are using these techniques that they'll turn to private organizations that find vulnerabilities in uh, devices. So the person who talked about the WebEx, yeah, that could it could be that your company was doing it, but it also could be that some hackers found vulnerabilities in the WebEx platform and are exploiting it. So you can pretty much find uh, quite a bit. And this is what I'd also say, if you have time this weekend, look up uh, a website called Shodan, S-H-O-D-A-N. Pretty much it allows you to look at all the devices that are connected to the internet. Pretty much this company, which was, if I'm correct, venture capital back, they pretty much did what general hackers would do when you're, Searching for networks, which is you send out requests and say, hey, tell me what devices are out there. Well, Shodan has taken that process and mechanized it to the point that you now, as a regular person, could just go to their website and use their search engine and look up anything you want about devices connected to the Internet. So that can include your computer, your phone, your tablet. Heck, sometimes I've used Shodan just to look around with stuff, and I've come into webcams that weren't uh encrypted appropriately or had basic passwords and you're able to actually take over them and work with them. Okay. So I'd suggest that's a good site to check out. Shodan, S H O D A N. It will really open your eyes to how much vulnerability is around you with this technology because of a multitude of reasons. A is not really that regulated. So once you get a device, the government isn't necessarily holding tech firms feet to the fire to uh, have like a, um, codified way of dealing with vulnerabilities when they're discovered or even pushing the companies to have a department that specializes in just finding vulnerabilities. Pretty much these companies build these devices, sell it to the public, and that's all they're responsible for doing. So that's why there's so many ways in which people can get hacked that it's kind of impossible not to end up being a victim of it. But in terms of the cellular, I suggest don't download anything, your personal phone that's work-related. Because there again, even even if you're talking about emails, it doesn't have to be an app. It could be emails. There's ways of flipping malicious code in the email through the use of multiple techniques. One of the ones I see people use a lot is the use of a one by one JPEG or GIF, and you put you can slam malicious code in that. And as soon as you open up that email, bam, you're got. So that's my suggestion. But the last caller was extremely accurate. Just expect anything that's coming from your company to be uh, tampered with that the the security team is looking over your shoulder, that HR – really, I say HR, because HR is always trying to figure out how to fire you. So I'd be more concerned about HR than probably the IT security team, because a lot of times the IT security team, you're so bogged down with stuff that you really don't have that much time to care about what you're looking at. So if you're looking at, you know, females working on the Internet, it doesn't really matter. i got to figure out how to keep the firewall up because some somebody's attacking it at the DNS level. You get what I'm saying? But it's more HR you've got to be worried about. Um, my other comment that I wanted to say was about the, the uh, segment where it was talking about the college student loans. It's very interesting to hear um, other people's perspective on it. I'm a person who has student loans, and I, I, was, I was one of those that I told go to college and get a degree, and it works. And I've been amazed by how uh, many of the people that I know that actually don't have college degrees are doing better than the people that have college degrees because the people who have college degrees in certain types of ways you bought into this idea of what the college degree is supposed to do, that it was supposed to remove you from blackness, but didn't realize that actually when you get the college degree, that makes you a little bit more of a target and a threat to the white supremacists because now they kind of look at you like you're educated. So it was very interesting to hear the young lady speak about her fears of how it affects her relationships and thinking about, you know, establishing a partnership with somebody further on in life. Um it was another segment that that was very interesting too. I cannot remember what it was, but that's all. I just wanted to chime in with that, and uh, again, check out Shodan, and if you have an iPhone, check into Pegasus because I'm pretty sure they spread that stuff everywhere. Uh, that's just my opinion. If I had some technology like that, everybody's stuff would be infected, but I don't,
2: so I'm just giving my opinion on that. But
8: I'll mute my line.
2: Much obliged. Good sir, uh, so at least we've had two folks uh, with IT expertise—not uh, Gus T—who uh, have uh, a concur uh, who have uh, agreed, uh, concurred that hey, if you have a tablet, whatever it is, laptop device, what have you, guest network, awesome. Do not connect it to your personal network. Assume that you're being watched all sounds spectacular, logical now you said specifically uh for folks with the uh iphone update it uh number one, and then do not download anything uh to your personal uh device that's iphone any of them do not download anything emails any of that stuff uh that is super logical uh as well uh and the same thing goes for that phone uh assume any phone calls that you make uh any texting or whatever else if you're looking up sites whatever anything that you do with that phone they will know about it that's another one i use this strictly for work purposes that is all all the calls all the texts, and I think we had said this before because uh, this came up as a problem it comes up as a problem all the time uh, we just talked about it on the broadcast uh, if you uh, don't have let's say you don't have your own personal computer uh, or a phone uh, so the only device that you have where you could go online or what have you check your email uh, is the work device that's the only one that you have at home <sighs> go to the library save your nickels and get a cheap computer you can get a used device whatever you do not under any circumstances uh want to be using uh, your work device uh, for personal browsing uh, you do not under any circumstances want to be using your work device uh, for personal browsing checking your email personal email anything like that I mean that is just asking for problems uh, in fact we had uh one of our listeners earlier this year was talking about a black female. This is a black female supervisor, no less victim, uh, where they were gossiping about her viewing lesbian porn while she's working remotely. This wasn't brought up as like, a you know a staffing issue and appropriate conduct in the workplace or appropriate conduct with company uh, uh property not in that context at all you know be careful hey you know let's all make sure that we are be in professional with the equipment you know this is a workplace device and IT can stand or HR you know but not that at all this was just hey Helen was looking at lesbian porn now and what I said before like they can turn the camera on so I mean who knows how involved they got with viewing all this and is this like shared around the company and all that so you do not want any of that Uh, if that is your only means of checking your email surfing the web go to the library go to a friends save your nickels Go to they got sales now It's Christmas time so I mean hey take advantage you can go target Walmart they have really cheap devices where you can do that you can do casual browsing you do not under any circumstances want to use that workplace device for personal reasons as was stated don't download anything from your job on your personal phone either cyber security very important almost at 2022 Uh, let's see uh, star 61 other folks have commentary to share Uh, let's see other folks who dialed in with a hand up uh, you have commentary proceed can I be heard Uh, Nick over the road yes sir Yes, sir.
8: I have a... uh, Greetings, Gus, and greetings to the family. I have a question uh, on the tech side. Now, um, I downloaded an app called Easy Tether so that I could use my phone's data, not the hotspot on my laptop, and I seen that it had an option for Bluetooth. Now, I know that my headset can connect to two different... to both of my phones. Um, Just out of curiosity, if one of my phones was my work phone... And I had my Bluetooth connected to both of my phones. Is it possible for the internet to be used through my Bluetooth? If, if one of the um, family members could answer that for me. And I'm going uh,
7: um, mute my phone because I'm driving and I don't want the noise to interrupt. Thank
4: you.
2: Much obliged. Drive safely, sir. Uh, again, words are important. And it was said in the audio segment this week, uh, much like your work environment, the context of white supremacy radio program and its listening audience and host, this is not a family. We are just victims of racism. In fact, can, I said that last week, can't even confirm that that we're all victims of white supremacy racism. We might have individuals classified as white, but minimum, we are not a family. Uh, let's see. My so. Violent. We're all still learning to uh, any of our, our tech experts. So with the phone, he was saying if his uh, he has his Bluetooth uh, connected to like his work phone and then his personal phone, it can connect to both of them. Uh, would that be a means where Wi-Fi could be transferred? Data could be transferred. Is that anything that could compromise him in any way? Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Okay, so the Bluetooth side is
8: kind of interesting. Um, I just want to clarify, because you said uh, I don't have a degree in, in IT or security. Actually, I learned all this stuff under my own dollar. So I put up a lot of money to learn it. I've been doing it for about 15, 16 years now. So um, I've been in it pretty heavy. But one of the areas that kind of interested me a lot when I first started was uh, RF. So when you start talking about, like, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, um, there's different attack vectors because you're dealing with a radio, okay? So the things that you think about on the Internet side don't necessarily apply when you're dealing with radio, but because of how simple radio is, it is a, it's quite hackable, okay? So can they transmit data from your work phone through the Bluetooth to your personal device and vice versa? I would always take the approach of yes. I I haven't done an experiment with Bluetooth yet to prove it. I have the radio equipment to do it, but I never really thought about it like that. But I would say yes because they're all in the same network. As soon as two devices are able to connect through a joint point, you might as well consider that point of access, the point of exploitation. And it's always better to err on the side that they have figured out how to do that than not, okay? Okay. Um, granted with Bluetooth, it does do frequency hopping. So there might be some level of, uh, security just with the frequency hopping side, where it can be a little bit more challenging to, uh, consistently stay in the data because you're going to a new channel every time. So you might transmit data on channel three for about 500 microseconds. And then the algorithm tells both devices, the Bluetooth and let's say your personal phone to skip to channel 7 and then it might transmit again another bit of data on channel 7 for 500 microseconds. Well, the channel that your Bluetooth talks to the work device on might be different. It might be telling it to skip on 14, 21, you know, blase, blase. But the point I'm getting at is, even though it's doing all that, there could be other areas of exploitation in terms of the firmware that makes Bluetooth work that they figured out how to manipulate to be able to eavesdrop on uh, general communications through that specific Bluetooth device. Okay, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you that it can be done. But if you ask me the question, would I believe that they're doing it? I'd rather err on the side of telling you, yeah, it's doable, as opposed to, oh no, you know, it's kind of challenging because of this, that, and other. Because just because they haven't posted the vulnerability that they found doesn't mean it's not there. So my best bit of advice is, don't connect anything to a work device That's your that's your personal stuff. If they give you all the equipment, then cool, because that's their user equipment, okay? Anything that's yours, keep it yours. Anything that's theirs, keep it theirs. It's, that's, just, that's just a general rule that we'll take in a security measure because even though we might not be able to prove what we're saying, we can have conjecture about it, but just the fact that we know it's possible is, you know, grounds enough for us to say this is how you handle this situation. Don't connect your Bluetooth devices that you use. To any of your work equipment, connect it with if, if you can. Connect it with a uh, like I have a um, three point five jack still on my phone. I understand iPhones, from my understanding of it, depending on the series, they don't have a uh, head jack anymore, and that's why I never mess with Apple. To be honest with you, I've taken those devices apart. I've been able to tinker with them, but I never liked them because they're always dictating what you can and cannot have. And to me, that's not that's not good technology. But if you're stuck with an Apple device, if you're going to do the Bluetooth side and you want to connect it, you better be ready to send your money on something that you're willing to throw away. You know what I'm saying? Or you got to keep separate ones. This is my personal Bluetooth for my device. This is the Bluetooth I bought for my work device. You get what I'm saying? Hopefully that answers your question.
2: much obliged that I'm gonna use that that makes so much sense uh, in terms of uh, I think they call it not cross pollinating work devices they will be used there my personal devices be used over here and never the two shall meet like I'm just not connecting anything if you have Bluetooth speaker whatever that like you said that just means hey uh, if you need a like headset or speaker system, whatever it is, if you need that uh, for like your work phone, I will just buy one, uh, or get them to buy one. Get them to re. If you buy it, get them to reimburse you, or get them to buy it. Tell me, I need a headset. You know, I'm going to be on the road. It's unsafe if I don't have a headset. Don't get them to buy it. But anyway, but that's that, see, that's same thing. That's work property. That's all connected to itself, kept to itself, and then you have your own personal property. Never the two shall meet. Lovely logic, logical, logical. Um, Oh, and I stand corrected. Much obliged, sir. Uh, Not a degree. Uh, Years of self-study. Still learning. That is spectacular. Uh, Much obliged for the correction, sir. Um, Good question, Nick, over the road. Hopefully that answered your question and you're still driving safely. Uh, If it did not, um, I guess you can unmute and Let us know to clarify things. Cybersecurity. So important, Uh, especially for folks, because that's like the laptops and tablets and such. That could be they were saying like this COVID situation and having people working from home and what have you. This could last for years. In fact, they said in one of the reports, this could end up being a permanent change. So if that's the case, like, oh, yeah, lots of folks. Might need to like talk about still learning like, man, let me learn some things about having this device and work from home and then let me get my code about how I'm going to use this device. Uh, For some people, it might make sense uh, if you live uh, close to a library, close to a coffee shop where, you know, I need to be able to hop on and do this for like three hours, four hours, four days a week. That might be feasible. Like forget the guest network. Like I just never hook up on this at my residence I just go to the you know whatever I go to the cafe I go to the library boom do my work and then come back home (sighs) might work pretty well for other people that might not be feasible guest network whatever it is but figure out your code and the code about where you use the device we talked about that too I'm not just going to be hanging out using this in my bedroom or in the middle of my living room so they can see all the pictures of my family and relatives on the wall and all the rest I'm not going to do that not trying to show off my residence to anyone and i'm even going to be mindful of who's speaking uh when i am using the device if i have to use it at my residence cyber security very important to be codified if you've got somebody else's electronic property Uh, let's see Mm -hmm. other folks who dialed in with a hand up uh, if you have commentary to share Line should be open. Proceed.
7: Hey, Gus. I, I just want to add something else real quick as far as the, the computers, because I've been laid off before as a remote worker, and I can say that they've wiped the company laptop remotely um, on the day that I was laid off, and I was using a personal phone at the time. And they wiped my personal phone because it had company email on there. So that's one of the reasons why I've learned don't even don't even play around with that. Don't put anything personal because they can they can remo- they can remotely delete all that stuff. So if you had something on your computer and you're using your work computer and you've got personal things on there, they can wipe that remotely as long as you're connected to the internet. So I'll
2: memorize. Wow that is uh still learning like wow do not uh download things to your phone wow i said that they can do so much remotely that you know it would be difficult to to trust anything about that device i mean wow the phone though like my personal phone like up you downloaded that phone. like wow um yeah I just have to be really mindful that is not my property that's why I say be really alert about those possessive adjectives Uh, and then you know any information that you have in terms of what you're doing on that device or what have you it's not a loss it should be if I've been following my code there is not one there's not one kilobyte of data that I'm missing or concerned about it's not going to be you know oh my she got these nudes here and we found your search history mm-hmm. it's not even going to be a wall street journal pop-up like i'm not even going to read the newspaper on this device so whatever like that's the way it should be like i don't have one concern i only use this for work that's what they're going to find and then whew, do not download anything to your phone or personal device like wow uh let's see. Uh other folks who dialed in, uh if you have commentary to share, the line should be open. Proceed.
9: Good evening, Gus. Uh may I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Hi. Uh I just wanted to chime in a, a little bit um on what everyone has been saying. It's been they've been given a lot of good um information. And I don't have like a IT background or anything like that, but I I wanted to kind of point out, um, and I didn't know this, but I think for people who work for like, uh, government entities, you know, any local municipalities to be, you know, um, very careful of like using their like personal devices to like, um, let's say for work or work to open a work email or to do anything just work related. Um, the reason I say that is because, uh, uh, I used to work for a local government, and, you know, we had a city official who was, you know, um, doing things on his cell phone that he wasn't supposed to be doing, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, bold, um, like, sexual harassment. And um, when you work for a government, um, a lot of that information, anyone can request it, can do, like, a uh, that because of the Freedom of uh, Information Act. So, um, you know, citizens or anyone can, um, you know, send a request and they can get, you know, any information. So that's why it's really important to, um, because uh, to, you know, not use your personal device at all, let's say to check your email or to do any type of work related stuff. And um, by me saying that, that may be like secondhand knowledge to a lot of people, but when I first started with the city, you know, I wasn't aware that, let's say, a citizen, you know, or wanted to do like some sort of, like a request about any emails or anything. Well, you know, they can, you know, get access, you know, to, you know, your phone or, let's say, if you use your personal computer for it. So, I just wanted to share that. You know, some people may already know, but, you know, I know when I started, you know, I didn't, and I would, you know, sometimes, be at home and, you know, you know, check my email or, you know, just do, look at work-related things. So. I just wanted to share that and, um, you know, again, you don't want to end up having your, um, for them to be able to access your personal device and look at pictures or whatever you may, you know, have on your, um, on your phone. So just wanted to share that and, um, hopefully that's helpful or that gives, you know, help someone else out. Thank you.
2: Much obliged. Um, for this broadcast like man i don't know uh maybe i'm the only person but i did not know a lot of this info related to technology so yeah i think it's great hopefully some other folks have learned i know we have some younger folks so i'm i'm pretty sure for some of them it is valuable information uh hopefully uh but i guess i'll, I'll rewind a little bit to i guess whatever issues came up with the person who was facing allegations of some sort of uh Jeffrey Epstein, sexual misconduct of some sort, and maybe using the phone to do this and so they're going through the text messages like I always i am what's that's almost when you were just saying like giving this information out, it seems many people are not aware because there are so many cases uh, of individuals who are sending all kinds of lewd. Text messages and emails and all that that uh, came out with the uh, probably come out with the uh, Ghislaine Maxwell case as well. But the uh, Elizabeth Holmes trial in California right now, like that came out right in the middle of that. They went back and dug through all these workplace text messages between employees from like seven, eight years ago anything in terms of the workplace if that's a company phone i'm never sending oh this is my sweetie pie and honey bun and all that then i gotta come back and mr gus in 2021 were you calling veronica your sweetie pie honey bun and now i gotta sit in uh well uh do that on your personal phone and then the audacity <laughs> like I'm making some sort of sexual overtures and what have you to someone I mean come on like that shouldn't even be on your personal phone much less the workplace phone that not to mention everybody in HR and IT and all the rest can probably get access to the regular John Q. Citizen as she said I just submitted a FOIA request your government employee or whatever it is let me get your text messages for the last five years and they even had scandals people got in trouble trying to hide those so maybe it all bears repeating that is not your phone that is not your computer it should be used as such if that's the only means that you have the text and I think a lot of times just people get really comfortable thinking like it's their personal device and all the rest of it sorry <laughs> it's not that cool a world under white supremacy racism it might be a hassle to have two phones or whatever it is that is the world that we live in. You'll just have to have two phones. You can feel like you're a really important person. Uh, the text that was one component of it, and then uh, just not downloading those emails and all the rest of it. Uh, I said it's been lots of that going on uh, in high-profile trials. Them going back and digging up, and then uh, they might get access to the whole machine. Uh, and because I think that kind of got encouraged for it has been normalized. For a long time, Uh, that's been like in movies and TV programs, people checking their work email uh, in bed or at home. This was way before the Rona. Like that was just a really common thing. I've done that. I'm sure tons of people uh, have done that and no on that one. I'll have to do that later. And that's why I said I'm not a fan of texting uh, other employees on your personal device because the same type of thing could happen uh, where they end up getting called. And I know, like if you're going to call out from work and that sort of thing, but it would be very professional. And I would try to keep that to a minimum. In fact, if you had the option, if they say if you need to call out or there's an emergency or whatever the situation is, you have the option. You can text da da da, da, da or you can call. I would try to make my default the call so that I have little to no text messages. There's no trail. Even if it's all correct behavior, there's not gonna be a trail of me texting and all this on my personal device. I just, just keep all that separate. You never know what can be. even years down the road, that can like I said, Elizabeth home, years down the road and they have to go back and dig this up from all that time later and you gotta talk and explain. Especially if you're feeling flirtatious, definitely get your personal device. Uh, right, and
9: I, if I if I may, I, I want to you know just say another thing. Also, with um, like workplace emails, another issue that happened. You know, whenever there was this leak on the uh, this website, I think it was like a, uh, called Ashton Madison. It was like for you know people to go cheat. Well, you know, there were um, like st- government employees. You know, actually. You know they signed up and you know used their um work email address so you just you know and some people like you mentioned, they you just don't think twice which obviously for what they were doing you people just get messy and just get too comfortable, but you know that what information was was leaked, so yeah, don't even use your you know keep your work email for work email purposes and not you know to for you know personal business because you don't want, you know, like I said, if someone uh, does an open records request and, you know, they're looking for something, you know, then they, um, you're, you're mixing, you know, your work and your, you know, personal life, um, together. So like you said, it's best to you know keep things separate. And, um, I just wanted to add that final comment. Thank you.
2: Yes, ma'am. Very important. And I, at least I can reflect when I was ignorant not codified could not spell counter-racism I think uh, for sometimes I just said right you don't have two cell phones you feel like you're really important I'm you know big Negro on the plantation Uh, I think sometimes uh, if you're in a work capacity right I said it you travel you know for some people you might have to fly all over the world and do that or fly all over your state or fly all over your or drive all over your county or whatever drive all over your town uh where you're not in the office you're traveling and meeting people and so in the course of all of that as you're out and about you meet them i think for a lot of folks it's oh i'll give them my card that's what i did i'll give them my card bam and that's got your company email on it now you might be meeting this person you know off hours this might not even be related to work but hey i'll give him my card you know Give me a call or drop me a line or whatever it is. So they got your business that like, and eh, if you are meeting this person for or even if you're talking to this person for personal reasons, be clear about that. I'm not using my business email. Exactly what you said. Like do you and this I mean, work related things whew, that is one thing again. Uh can I speak real quick? Yes, sir. Just I'll finish this last point and then I'll mute Um, the Giseline Maxwell trial and the Elizabeth Holmes trial. Both of those cases, workers had to come back. They weren't even working for this employee anymore. In some cases they had quit like I think in one they quit like 20 years ago and had to come back and give testimony about their time as an employee like you have no idea of Like what could happen with regards to your workplace that could be important for you for the rest of your life. You might have to come back and stand on public record about what you did in a workplace or what you texted or what you signed or anything. So all of that is super important. To think about, you do not want to have to come. Like I said, you have to come back from 15, 20 years later. And Mr. Gus, can you explain these emails on your company account to the Bunny Brothel in Las Vegas? There are 50 of them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's 2,000, it's 2,035, and Gus is married, his kid counter racism, I got my wife, and we're trying to do children. Well, uh, the bunny, I don't remember, well, we got the emails, we can read them, sir.
8: Uh, They're looking at the prices. You know, uh, you doing?
0: 20 times you have to look at the 20 prices, Netflix 20 times. Said, uh,
8: this price range is uh, for these types of services. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife over there looking at you like, all right, all right, guys, I got you. Come on. Hey, all I wanted to add real quick was uh, something that um, with the holiday parties. Now, I, I don't work for companies. I do a contract with companies. We do contracts. But one of the things I do, I will say for particularly black people, be very aware about when people are taking pictures. At these company events, because I want you guys to think about this. How many of these people who are getting uh, fired, like, the, for example, the Karen, those Karen videos, the people are able to find out where that person works at. Well, it's always usually tied to A, the person either specifies where they work at, but usually there's some pictures of that person there. You get what I'm saying? So you're up in this company picture, and they're able to tag you. The technology that's out there is capable of. Being able to identify a face and be able to tie it back to you some way, shape, or form. I think it was um, Facebook just dropped a, a contract or decided to stop doing business with some AI firm that specializes in facial recognition technology. So that's why I said that. Be very careful about those work events because if people want to, and I'm not saying it's hacking, but I guess you, what, it, what it's called is open source intelligence, where it's just information that's readily available out there right? So you have a picture of a person, you can put it in a search engine and find out where else that picture pops up at. So somebody would to find your personal picture and put it in the search engine, and then bam, your picture pops up under some, one of your white co-workers post talking about, oh, this is all of us at the Christmas party. You get what I'm saying? Now they know where you work at, okay? So I advise as much as possible not to be jumping in pictures, you get what I'm saying? Because that's one of the ways that I've learned that, uh, those who practice white supremacy through the utilization of technology, they'll do stuff like that. They know how to utilize image search engines and things of that nature to figure out where you work at. And uh, that's all I want to say about that. that. That was funny, though, Gus, about the Bunny Ranch, though, because I'm, I'm looking to head out here to Vegas for a convention here soon. And what's very interesting is when that convention is, it's also the, uh, I guess, adult video, pretty much the porn industries like Oscars go down at the same time. Last time I was out there, it was very interesting. Some of the people you see on that floor and you kind of look at them, you're like, "Mm, I don't think you're in the tech industry. You get what I'm saying? But that's something that's very big, from my understanding, is uh, the the brothel industry out there in Vegas. So I found that very funny. That's why I started laughing. But I'm going to meet my line now.
2: Oh, the bunny ranch is for real. Like that's not uh, just ha ha he like you can go to the bunny ranch in Vegas uh, whenever the convention is. But I mean, prostitution is legal in Nevada. So as are many other things. So um, I'm not surprised about the convention. And in fact, it probably is not a coincidence that this big tech soiree is happening at the same times as the porn Oscars uh, as it were Um, porn and the internet I think have a lot in common they have done very well together so yeah that's probably no coincidence uh, for many reasons but yeah pornography in Vegas is big business uh, year round Uh, let's see Uh, but with those parties that was even mentioned the audio clip. That's why I said it was so long. I would have, you know, maybe when I was less or more confused, been like, man, wasting all this time, we got other more important things like, man, those office parties, they have so those office parties. They have so much rigmarole uh, with them. Part of it, or one component that they touched on in the segment we heard today was, Hey, Is it okay to take pictures? And that's for a variety of reasons. But I think that is uh, also excellent logic, excellent suggestion in terms of avoiding those pictures. You just don't want you want to try and avoid to the degree that you can have it to be online and plastered all over the place for lots of reasons. They have more and more facial recognition technology and all of that. But I think that's awesome. And even checking to see. I think also because there's so many shenanigans, they have alcohol and all the rest. There's so many of these events. Uh, People go to these events and cut (laughs) off. They got the pornography convention. They go and act a fool. Uh, And so they don't want any incriminating photos uh, of people who, you know, they have had, you know, five or six tequila shots or whatever it is. Uh, and now they got half of their reindeer costume on and have made a pass at the boss's wife and daughter and all the rest of it. Like they don't want pictures of all this, you know, up on Insta. Same thing. So somebody to go and look and find this five years later uh, of you acting a fool at the 2021 Christmas party. Like lots of it. like, yeah, stay out of the Christmas party photos uh, if you can. Uh, even if they, and they will get pushy cause they want exactly what said, they want to put that stuff on, you know, the Facebook page or whatever it is. They want to have that with the newsletter, I call her in Florida. They want to brag, see all the people that were there. And we had such a great time, all that nonsense. So if you can avoid it, excellent advice. Um, let's see. They were talking about, I guess I've mentioned her name twice. I will make sure I get this down because they had in the the segment that we heard at the beginning about the black people spend all these thousands of dollars, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to school. And then they got to pay back all this debt and don't get a quality job drowning in debt. Uh, Elizabeth Holmes. Stole millions, billions, it could be Steve Jobs, Mark Furman, Bill Gates all high school and or college dropouts remember mark Furman, high school dropout GED community college dropout other folks who dialed in the number seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound press star six 61- one if you would like to participate Mm -hmm. yes ma'am oh are you still with us I did hear you we heard you for a moment and then we did not hear you
3: um oh. hello.
2: Yes, ma'am. We can hear you.
6: Oh, okay. Thanks. Um, I was just going to say, um, for those that don't have a college degree and you're interested in making, uh, 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 good money, um, the federal government is a good entity, uh, to try to apply for a job, which can lead to a long-term career, um, uh because I found that working in the federal government, you really don't need a, a college degree uh, in many cases. And uh, I know of uh, someone who uh, didn't graduate, you know, with their uh, bachelor's, but they make uh, over 80000 a year. And that's, of, of course, enough to sustain them. Um, so I just wanted to offer that
9: to people. Thanks.
2: Much obliged. Uh, Yeah. 80,000. I think that would work for. They had a lot of those folks uh, who had all that debt uh, from going to college. Didn't seem like many of them were making $80,000. You're making $80,000 a year. You could probably pay off your student owned debt in a uh, timely manner, maybe even ahead of schedule much obliged Uh, that's why I mentioned the occupational outlook handbook uh, as well Uh, there are resources uh, that tend to be obscure uh, to non-white people deliberately so but there are resources where you can check for alternatives and that sort of thing uh, if you don't have $100,000 to waste on a degree where you may or may not get a job Uh, let's see Uh, again uh, Other folks who dialed in with a hand up, if you have commentary to share, line should be open. Proceed.
6: Can I be heard?
2: Yes, ma'am. I believe this is Z's mom. Good to hear from you.
10: Yes. Hello. Greetings, Greetings, everyone. Um, I first wanted to say that I found um, the information about IT to be really, really informative. I used to work a job where I definitely was really careless with my work computer, Um, so I've learned a lot from this, and actually now um, I'm a guest teacher, and I don't even log in to the computers, nor do I go on the Wi-Fi when I'm at work, so yeah. I wanted to um, kind of give some updates, because I've been a guest teaching, For about a month now Um, and actually I was thinking a lot because of the um, recent school shooting that happened about how um, people who are substitute teachers are really put in a kind of scary position because for a lot of classes that for there's specific types of ways that you can get teach like sometimes they'll have you in one specific class and if you have that class you you usually get a key and information on what happens if there's a lockdown drill there's certain codes that you have to know and you'll have all of that but if you're a rover which means that you go to different classrooms throughout the day i'll be in a classroom without a key without um, any information on what to do if there's a drill or anything like that a lot of times i won't even have a seating chart or Um, the names of the children in the class. And I was thinking about that because it, it really puts a lot of people who do substitute teaching in a really precarious position because if there was any sort of shooting or just something where you guys need to be locked down, I don't even know if I would be able to, like I'm trying to figure out ways now that, you know, every time I go into a class, even if I'm there for just an hour, I make sure that the teacher gives me some sort of roll sheet or a seating chart. And every time that I come back from like a recess or something, I check that seating chart again, just to make sure that all the kids are in the right spot and all the children are there. Because if you go to multiple classes throughout the day, it kind of gets blurred how many um, children are there. And so that's something that I was thinking about. Another thing that I've seen, just as a teacher, I've been guest teaching at multiple schools in the district. And it's um, really unfortunate, the huge disparity that a lot of these schools have. Um, There's one school I went to where, I mean, it looked much better than any college that I've ever been to. It was, it was actually a middle and elementary school and the children had like actual, they were taking like world history, I mean, I had fourth graders who were taking, like, California history and all of these other um, classes that you would think that high schoolers would take, Um, and it was really interesting to see the demographics in those schools versus um, a lot of the other schools that I sub that are severely underfunded. Um, A lot of times I'm in classes with almost 30-plus kids, with a lot of them sometimes require special needs, even if they're older, they have issues with just like speech. And so it's been pretty difficult because I, I don't think that they're really providing people who are guest teachers with the amount of support or even training to make sure that you can kind of do classroom management properly. Um, so it's been something that I've just had to like research on my own and learn on my own. Another thing that I noticed is the COVID protocols and something that is kind of worrying for me is there's I've guessed taught at at least, I would say maybe 11 to 12 schools now. There's only been one school where they asked for my ID. Every other school has just said, oh, are you the sub for today? Okay, sign in. And they just give me a class. So I could really be a stranger off the street coming into a class full of vulnerable children and not even know. So now... Whenever I go into a class, I tell them, oh, like, don't you need my ID? Don't you need my information? Um, and also, they haven't checked anything about COVID. They said that there was a vaccine mandate or you would have to get tested every week. But every school I've been to so far has not checked if I have a vaccine, if I'm vaccinated or checked um, if I've, like, tested negative for COVID or anything like that. Um overall it's been like a really it, uh somewhat good but also somewhat stressful i'm sure there's other people on here who have worked as educators um and i think the most frustrating part is just to see obviously the disservice that the um black children are getting i live in california and the schools are almost like 80% what they would call latino or hispanic and so being that I'm a black female teacher, there's a lot of disrespect that I get because I'm a black female. And so that's something that I've had to kind of deal with and understand how to work with the demographics. On top of the fact that most of the students know a different language that I don't know because a lot of the students speak Spanish and English and they're able to like communicate with each other in ways that I can't. So that's also, in a way, kind of a security hazard because who knows the type of things that they could be talking about or doing that I'm not sure. And I think that's all I have to say for now. I'll mute my line. Thank you.
2: Much obliged, Z's mom. A number of educators uh, in the CALS audience. Um, Though the difference between what it looks like where there are lots of white children as opposed to where there are lots of non white children can be staggering, uh, just in terms of what the facility looks like, what courses are offered. Like she said, it looked like they had classes that some high school students, you know, should be taking California history and all the rest of it, and psychology. Like, what? You're 10? <laughs> like, wow, that is. Then you go look at the other the uh teacher to student ratio, lots of different metrics, and it's been that way for decades. Longer than that even. That's what they were talking about, Rosa Parks and all the red Ruby Bridges trying to throw her book out of school. They were talking about that way back then. Same exact thing. Not by accident. Um The shooting, we will talk about the shooting that happened in Michigan tomorrow. Uh, I guess for educators like that would be workplace, your workplace environment for sure. Talk about safety. Um, But we will talk about that tomorrow. Uh, Ethan Crumley, 15 year old white teen shooter in Michigan. I said on two points, I said this is in Michigan, which is right next to Wisconsin. Kyle Rittenhouse. Or Illinois, that's all Midwest, even though that happened in Wisconsin. He's in Illinois. All of that is right next door uh to Michigan. Kyle Rittenhouse, seventeen year old white man, so the example that was set, and then uh this happened in Michigan where he did the uh shooting. I think he killed four people, uh or what have you. In Michigan, they were plotting to kidnap and kill the the governor just over the past year we talked about that repeatedly uh, on the program that was about this time last year when news of that they had the white militia members uh, who got arrested and big plot they're going to kidnap no count governor Whitmer tell us what to do COVID-19 like that's the sort of example that has been set for young Ethan Crumley over the past I don't know year and a half or so in addition to his white parents but we'll talk about that tomorrow that right there I always say for people if you work in an office building there's so many of these shootings I would use that to improve the safety in your work environment if there are things that are lax Um, she talked about that just if you're a substitute the protocols like you would have certain keys and I guess codes to secure the facility Uh, if they go into a lockdown if you're a sub you don't have that information that would for sure uh, be or rover I guess it's substitute rover whatever it were Uh, I would definitely bring that one up because wow these happen so regularly and at least I've seen there's so many reports that there are so many more subs uh, that everybody is understaffed and uh, this is a problem coast to coast because of COVID-19 and all the rest of it so you know if that's the case like hey that is a major hole like if a shooting happens it's likely that there's going to be some substitutes here Uh, so we don't want them to be you know stuck in a situation where they don't have the codes and they can't lock the facility or whatever like Bam. We got a blind spot. Let's take care of that one. Um, I'm not surprised. What is that? That moron. He says white people do not care about children. It would follow or at least not be surprising. Then staff is coming in the midst of school shootings. They just have these all the time. Parkland here and Sandy Hook there and Columbine here and all of just shooting, 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 Oxford High School shooting, 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 gun them up, gun them up. Uh, we're not even like really seriously checking IDs. As she said, like, I could be the next shooter, you know, coming in here and gun down the place. I'm mad. or miss my medication or whatever it is. Um, you're not even checking my ID. Wow. OK. And not even being serious about COVID-19. Not surprised about that either, even though now California, they at least say they've been really serious and they uh, they're one of the the places where they have uh, vaccine mandates in restaurants, much like Washington state. Uh, you can't go or at least Seattle. You can't go into restaurant like McDonald's or whatever it is, In-N-Out Burger. You can't go there and sit down and have a burger if you don't have uh, proof of vaccination. Uh, so. I'm not surprised uh, that not really taking these things serious Um, to verify that you're even an employer should be. You could be a disgruntled employee. Right. You could have been someone who's been fired. You could be a sex predator. Right. (laughs) It's a registered sex offender uh, who's coming. And I'm going to take advantage of children. And yeah. Yep. Classrooms down the hall. Mm -hmm, mm. Laziness. uh, And I think that sort of thing. I'm sure that that is not like an anomaly. Uh, I'm sure that is kind of widespread I'm not saying every school but that is that sort of uh, lax attitude Uh, it's just white people don't care about children lots of different ways that you see that manifested in the culture Uh, let's see oh and the disparity already thought about that anywho um, other folks who dialed in much obliged sees mom uh, other folks who dialed in if you have commentary questions strategies to share uh, the number to dial is seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, let's see other folks who dialed in. If you have observations, questions to share, launch should be open. Proceed. I
8: had a question for Z's mom. Grant, she should still be with
2: us. Let's hear it.
8: Okay. She's a substitute teacher out there in California. I'm in the Midwest, particularly the state of Ohio. One of the things that I've recognized, even from a younger age, is that whatever they do out in California, in about 10 years, it's going to be the norm nationwide. I was reading some articles about the education system out there changing what they consider to be, I guess, core curriculum to the extent that they're saying uh, I don't know if, what I'm trying to find out if it's just reserved for public or private schools or whatever she's seen out of it. But like beyond, I guess, basic algebra, the school systems don't have to offer kids access to the more advanced courses that, uh, for example, colleges would look at when you do like SATs and ACTs, or they look at your course curriculum you took in high school. So what I'm trying to find out is what, what curriculum changes has she seen uh Implemented out there in California in the public school systems in, in comparison to the private school systems because generally speaking that's what's going to end up taking over uh, the country within ten years in terms of the educational system they experiment with it in California and then spread it so that's my question hopefully I was clear about that. Um, I'm fairly new to
10: teaching so I don't think I. I would have the best information to be able to give you a good answer. The only thing that I could say is that from my observations, what I think the reasoning behind that is, is from what I see, it seems like most of the children are incredibly behind, at least from what I remember like when I was in school. And um, what I've been told in multiple classes they focus on doing the Common Core, and I've been told that if a student doesn't understand it, just keep going. Don't like, don't try to help um, certain students. Just keep going, and so I think that um, they're probably seeing that a lot of these students don't even really have the capabilities. I think once they reach high school, to be able to take like a pre-calculus or a calculus. Um, If it's in the school, I I would assume maybe that the amount of people who can take those classes are so small that it may not be worth hiring teachers or having a separate class like that. That's my only assumption, only because from what I see, about 75% of the classes, when it comes to math at least, are behind in terms of what their grade level should be.
8: Now, is that, uh, I appreciate that information. Is that, like, uh, specific to just all the schools? I don't know if you've taught at private schools, if they do that, or are you just referring to public schools?
10: I'm only referring to public schools. No private schools. I haven't taught at a private school.
8: How did you get involved with teaching like that? Because I was on the Internet, and this uh, advertisement came across for um, the city of Akron, uh, was looking for substitute teachers. And I, I found that interesting that they just ran an advertisement on a regular website. You get what I'm saying? So how did you come into substitute teaching?
9: Um,
10: so I have a family or a person in my survival unit who was substitute teaching when they were in between jobs. And so um, as I think mostly, I, at least in California, I can say, all you need to substitute teach is a bachelor's and a um, like a it's called a C, it's called a CBEST here, which is basically just exam an exam that knows that that tells you that you know up to like about I would say pre-algebra, um, and that's all you need to become a sub. I, I mean, obviously, like a background check and things like that too. So for me, like I I also there's billboards when I'm driving because there's such a need for substitutes right now. And they're paying like well above what they normally pay for substitutes. Because um, I think during COVID, a lot of people didn't want to substitute because they were being mistreated. And so they decided to finally pay the substitutes more. But I was told from someone who's been uh, substitute teaching for a long time that once they get the pool um, to where they want it to be a set amount of people, they're probably gonna lower the prices or I mean the the amount of pay that they give everyone. But for right now, it seems like, um, I mean, I'm a little bit farther from L.A., but even in L.A., um, the prices are, or the, the amount of pay they're giving is very high for substitute teachers right now. Oh, and because of, and I think it's also because of COVID, you don't even need to take the certification exam for certain schools you can, as long as you just have a bachelor's, you just apply and you pretty much get in. I mean, I thought I was going to be interviewed and my interview was actually just me being hired, like on the spot. That's how much of a need there is. Um, I think, yeah, that's all I was going to say.
8: Are you seeing like uh, with the substitute teachers, are there more females in comparison to males? What's the male to female breakdown?
6: Um,
10: the, yeah, there's significantly more females than males. I would say probably, I mean, I, this is only from like a rough observation, but I would say maybe like, like 65 to like 35 around there, percentage wise, like 65% female, uh, 35% male. Um, but from what I, I mean, the schools are pretty much run by white females. So all the teachers are almost always white females or um, Latino females who, a lot of times are white. Um, But there are uh, a lot. I mean, when there are subs that are male, a lot of them are black. Very. I I've I've met a couple black substitute teachers that were really great black male substitute teachers, and I also have been lucky enough to sub sub for a black um, male teacher who is
2: absolutely phenomenal. So. Black male privilege. Thank you for that. Much obliged. No, I'm, I'm done with the question. Thank you. Yes, sir. Much obliged, uh, Z's mom. The, I, I just to your point in terms of in Ohio, why you might be seeing the uh, aggressive uh, advertising for substitutes that staffing shortage is national um, I, there have just been so many reports about understaffed schools everywhere where they're having to do virtual classes and I mean all kinds of understaffed uh, and people having to double up and do two and three jobs and just craziness uh, with COVID so uh, what Z's reporting I suspect is probably everywhere Ohio, because they have said everywhere uh, so that's probably why you're seeing uh, advertisements in odd places that maybe you wouldn't see before, and that type of thing. Um, lots of need for educators right now.
10: Um, yeah, especially, oh, sorry, just wanted to introduce, especially because if you have any symptoms, at least in California, if you have any symptoms, like just a sore throat, you automatically have to stay home for 10 days. So that alone will cause a lot of teachers to not be able to come in.
2: Wow. That's why I said in California, they have so many aggressive policies, but then they're so lax on the other end. They're not even checking vaccine, you know, status and all the rest of it for people that are coming in the building willy nilly. Like,
10: uh, I believe it's different for L.A., but where I am is, is a very like Republican ish Trump environment. So I think that's why they're more lax
2: here i see yeah now that's true too california is such a huge state it would be you know what is it like in sacramento or what is it like in oakland or berkeley la you know riverside you know kind of get a different gathering but good to know yeah it is it's huge demand uh for teachers educators. P- p- anybody really. Um, If you are talking about schools and a lot of other industries, but I mean, wow, they are having massive labor shortages and they've been saying that for a long time. uh, In fact, Um, in terms of trends, uh, I know uh, Z's mom said that she kind of just is getting her feet in the water, so to speak. So maybe check back in a little while later, a few months, and she'll be able to report. Uh, I know one of the big changes that happened in California uh, UCLA, which is one of their flagship institutions, they are doing away with standardized tests. Uh, so this is just UCLA. This isn't all of the, you know, major institutions in California, but I could definitely see that, you know, being something that leaks to USC or other UC Berkeley, some of the other major institutions in California. And then, I could see that, like you said, 10 years. Oh, yeah, I could see that being something because I think the NCAA just adopted a policy. Uh, They were talking about one of the ways that they could uh, mitigate white supremacy, racism and education with athletes who are disqualified from playing sports in the NCAA Uh, is because they don't have uh, the correct test scores. They don't have adequate grades. That was one of the recommendations that I believe they just approved. They're doing away with uh standards for like you have to have a minimum gpa or you have to have a minimum sat score they're doing away with that so if they're taking steps in that kind of direction anyway devaluing standardized tests and even COVID has disrupted that too because a lot of people couldn't take them and they waived. they said it's been so traumatic that they waived them for the past year so i could easily see that like you said about 10 years maybe for that to take effect but UCLA did wipe standardized tests uh, for admissions criteria um, just a few days ago or this, but in the past few weeks or so,
10: I believe too that I've heard that uh, some of the reasoning behind that was because they are so white people are uncomfortable with how Asian the schools are getting and that they're trying to, um, have West Asian people in the in the schools because there's uh they're becoming the majority in these colleges. Um and that's why they're trying to institute they they try to it's very
2: interesting. Absolutely. That's been a dynamic in California specifically for quite some time, probably some other areas, too. But I know California, uh, it's been talked about lots of literature on that in terms of white people being very disgruntled, uh, so-called Asians, non-white people having very high numbers, even higher than the white people at some of the Cal Berkeley, some of the very institutions that I just named UCLA. I wouldn't be surprised uh, and them trying to figure out different things. They already did away with affirmative action. Uh, at California universities. Uh, so have to do some other tinkering uh, to try to do this. It would not surprise me if they say, hey, that's one way. Uh, if the so-called Asians, if they figured out a way to test well on these uh, standardized SAT and ACT, all the rest of it, we'll th- trash that. Now that won't be a part of the admissions process. It would not surprise me uh, if that's a part of the tinkering. But put a pin in that one. See if it spreads. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in. Uh, I'll give out the number one more time. 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star six one. If you would like to participate, do not wait till the last minute if you think you have observations, commentary to share. Uh, I did want to make sure I got in quick. I won't read the full report but we did mention uh, the vaccines and all of that that is probably going to be a huge uh, concern for months to come if not years. Uh, Antonio Brown, black male, uh, he's a NFL football player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Florida Uh, the great land of Governor Ron DeSantis 2024 Uh, Mr. Brown uh, was suspended for three games uh, by the NFL uh, for presenting a fake vaccination card Uh, they did an investigation where apparently uh, he presented this fake card uh, and then realized I guess someone informed him hey Having a bogus vaccine card is a felony. Uh, And so he said, oh, I better go and get vaccinated. Thankfully, he did, because he could have probably been in way more trouble. Uh, But so he got suspended for three games, uh, which for him, I think game checks, probably like three hundred thousand dollars, probably more than that. Approaching a half million dollars. I just thought that that was something to think about Um, uh, just in terms of it is a felony. Uh, If you do get caught and the other component that they said was that's why I said I'm totally opposed to all of the vaccine mandates and all the rest of it. I feel like it'll be this sort of thing where black people will be punished. Uh, I was going to include the report today, but how much how many reports can you play? Uh, They were saying like, hey, there have been so many white people in general and in the NFL who say, hey, I'm against these vaccines. This is nonsense. I'm not doing it. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, you're not gonna tell me that Antonio Brown is the only person who has a fake vaccine card, and he even got vaccinated. Like, you know, his was was moot. Uh, within a few days, he went and actually got vaccinated, and I guess provided uh, evidence that could be authenticated that he has been vaccinated. There were tons of white people, white NFL players. And I'm not gonna be vaccinated, rah, 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 and all the You're telling me Antonio Brown is the only one. I suspect it is widespread like they were talking about the number of college students and all the rest uh, who did not want to be vaccinated for whatever reason, but they still wanted all the you know benefits to go out and get drunk and act a fool. So they got their vac- fake vaccine cards. I am certain uh, that there are probably lots of other folks who've done the exact same thing uh, and thus far they are under the radar it's just Antonio Brown who will get all that publicity and no count irresponsible black people and, rah, 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 and all the rest of it but at minimum something to think about that is a felony uh, if you know folks are thinking about it maybe they check maybe they don't but worth considering uh, let's see other folks who dialed in uh, if you have commentary to share uh, line should be open proceed folks maybe getting their thoughts together or maybe folks are satisfied not sure we'll double check for one we'll be here tomorrow for the compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern 6 p.m. Pacific Uh, we'll catch up on what's transpired the last seven days the shooting in Michigan white 15 year old charged with terror one charged as an adult and charged with terrorism and they're charging the parents uh, who I was mistaken I thought the Crumleys were in custody they are still at large Uh, so unprecedented they said that uh, in these uh, shooting cases especially when it's uh, a minor they rarely charge the parents Uh, folks can reflect you know on the many many uh, shootings that we have here in the states specifically Uh, I don't remember any where some child, a white child went out and committed some sort of shooting or what have you, where they prosecuted the parents or guardians. Uh, and I can't think of one. I'm you know, folks can do some checking or what have you, but the parents charged and the white, I can't think of that either. Like, this has so many components. Like, I can't think of a case where a white person in the U.S. is being charged as a terrorist, much less a 15 year old white child, and the parents are going to be charged. And he's being charged as an adult at 15. Like, wow. Um, we will chat about that tomorrow. Um, quite a bit. And it's in, like I said, in Michigan, where they just threatened to kidnap and kill the governor. Just within the past 12 months. Role models. What does it mean to be white? And we have program on Mondays, right on time. Uh, Dr. Martin, I forgot his first name. I'll know it by Monday, Uh, but he's a white psychologist and he does all this research on uh, white anger, or it's not white anger, but just on anger and rage. And I had been saying, you know, throughout the whole pandemic, people have been fighting over gas and toilet paper and all the rest of it. Uh, And then you're not going to tell me to wear a mask. You're not going to make me get this vaccine. You're not going to tell me who won the election January 6th white rage specifically uh, and I said man I would love to talk to him uh, to get details about this what is motivating this uh, and then the uh, firearms it's not just you know I'm angry and rah, I'm going to yell a little bit it's I need to get a, a assault rifle and kill you know 15 or 20 people that type of thing uh, to talk about it. and then naming white people specifically because I've not seen Uh, Black people in these air rage instances or a lot of these public shootings and what have you. It's been white people disproportionately the brawls out at these schools over masks and vaccines. I've seen white people almost exclusively engaged in that sort of behavior. So white defiance, what I've labeled it. Uh, We will discuss all of that on Monday. White Rage, Dr. Martin, normal broadcast time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And Dr. Martin, I forgot his last name. I did not forget. Uh, He is classified as white, most importantly. So we will chat it up. Uh, Always grand to question individuals classified as white. That is Monday. Uh, So we're here tomorrow. Compensatory call in Monday. Uh, Dr. Martin, White Rage. Uh, Let's see. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm sure there was another piece of information I was going to share. I guess if I have a, a quick moment, I'll share about it tomorrow as well. Uh, there is a uh, documentary on Jocelyn Maxwell that folks want to pay attention, sexual harassment. We talk about that in the workplace all the time. You have to uh, have a code in terms of what you say, what you do. If someone says something, folks already talked about that. They might be sending you Text messages about, hey, let's hook up and, you know, da, 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 we're doing the Christmas party and we can get some drinks and there's a hotel room. You already have to have your response down in terms of what you say, what you do, if somebody touches you, if they send you some sort of lewd text or whatever it is, because it's likely to happen that said there is a documentary on just maxwell uh that just came out this week i do want to view it uh might make some time hopefully uh once we get off the air but talk to your children as a child rapists that's what she's on trial for right now child rapists uh you have to talk to your offspring as well uh about that because man if they're going to school this could end up being their teacher these mom just talked about that all those white women in the school that's who's in charge White women it's not black male privilege. White women uh, in charge, like talk to them so they are prepared. They know what to say, what to do, and then report back to you uh, if something unfortunately does happen. But it is so rampant uh, just to be informed uh, and even talk to your offspring, because they were raping children. Like I might even have to get, maybe watch it first and then consider if you have offspring watching it with your children. If I had a 14 year old daughter, 13 year old daughter. I think we might have to watch this. Their victims were 14 year olds. We might have to watch this one. And pay attention to the trial for that matter. Anywho. uh
8: you if I add something to that?
2: Yes, sir. I, I believe Jeffrey, if you guys look into his background,
8: when he first, um, I guess when that whole story broke, I was reading an article. And I want to say that he got his start as like a, a, a substitute teacher at some really affluent school, either a substitute teacher or maybe even a teacher, but it can be found that the guy had, like, no teaching degree. Because that's what they're pointing out. They're like, how did this guy – because the article is about, like, how is this guy able to move like he moves, but, like, nobody really knows who he is. And they're saying, like, this guy was – Epstein was a teacher, or substitute teacher at, like, a really exclusive school, and he's able to maneuver from that to – something else. So I just want to add that in in terms of what Z's mom was saying about that process. And that's part of why I asked her about the, um, substitute teacher side. Cause it's like a lot of times, man, it, it's some suspect people they are letting around y'all kids. I don't have kids, so I don't got to worry about that. But just being an adult and seeing some of these people that I see walking out of school and you look at them, you ask them some questions, you're like, yeah, hey, this person's a little bit thrown off, but now understanding, you know, they got a teacher shortage and whatnot, but I just want to say, I think you guys should look into that. Cause I believe that was
2: either a teacher or a substitute teacher at some schools. Oh, he was, uh, we mentioned this on the program once or twice. I think it came up once because he faked the credentials. I think that's how it came up one time. And it was, it was not some rinky dink, uh, trailer park of a school, uh, with leaky pipes and uh, mice infestation uh, this was at the posh Dalton school in New York Manhattan specifically I believe uh, where he totally lied and faked his credentials and he had been working there for I don't know how long before they even came and checked me like hey you've lied about your credentials and even when they discovered that didn't even fire him That not black male privilege what it means to be white, what domination looks like. And I mean, Hey, sexual predators, child rapists are what they are. He was probably engaged in that behavior then. And, or at least refining his skills and techniques as a sexual predator. But yeah, he totally, and we've heard that repeatedly white people with no credentials. And it came up the second time when we read Woody Allen Another accused child rapist, he mentions the exact same school, the Dalton School, in his autobiography. And I said, Oh, hey, that's the same Jeffrey Epstein. Hey, hey, who also is mentioned in the book. Yada, 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 yada. Anywho, um, and mentioning who's around your kids, you did hear that from Z's mom lowering the standards because we got a shortage of everything shortage of bus drivers of cafeteria workers principals substitute teachers regular teachers shortage of everything lowering the standards means maybe we did a diligent background check maybe we didn't they even she even said now hey the c-best i passed the c-best Gus T. I could go to california right now could." Bam. I want to be a substitute teacher. I'm qualified. Throw my bachelors up there. And I already passed the C-best. Bam. And I just mentioned the C-best. I was talking to a victim of racism about how race soldiers, individuals classified as white. They are so tacky. Everything is about racism and everything is about dominating non-white people. I came to take the C-best not because I wanted to substitute teach. I already had a job. In California was not codified. Was just trying to get to the beach and love living in California. A white woman suspected racist. She was trying to be a teacher, and so her mom, who was a teacher at Cal Berkeley, uh, was telling her, "Hey, while you're on that path, you should substitute teach. Looks great on your resume. You can make some money and blah blah blah. Network, meet some other teachers, blah blah blah. I'm, we're working together. Says, hey, you should do that too." the same thing she's trying to encourage everyone to be a teacher and I'm like whatever I don't want to do it blah 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 uh, it's like, come on you don't have an excuse you all can do it at the same time that way you'll have a ride and I'll pay for it and blah 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 so you got to do it I'm like I don't really want to do it this is a waste of time and it's on Saturday and I don't want to teach come on it'll be great it's another credential Blah blah. blah. go take the test that I didn't want to take twisted my arm as they say we go take the test on a Saturday finish the exam takes like I don't know some months they probably just look online now at the time they mail the results back so we go take the test it takes some months they mail the uh, scores back we get the results just because it's been some time just for sake of argument we'll say she got a like 740 I got a 790 on this test as you heard from Z this is not like calculus it's just up to like pre-algebra you know middle schoolish, I'd say somewhere in that area not that big a deal uh, beat her by like 50 points we're just saying for the sake of argument man she took it so serious like "Do what you beat my score I can't believe this is a total disgrace and all the rest of this like I did not care at all like I, just, I, just, I didn't even want to take the test so she grouses and cries, and, oh my god I can't believe and We go to a party later on. I'm having a glass of wine. I'm not on this test at all. I don't have like my score taped to my shirt or whatever, running around and bragging like I'm the smartest coon in the world. None of that. We're at a party. Like, (laughs) another glass of wine, please. Let's do it. We're in California, wine country. This white woman suspected racist, and I was confused at the time even at the party. So this is hours later. We're done. We looked at the test scores hours ago, moved on. Now she's at the party. Can you believe this Gus was weak at the exam and he sat there and took five hours to take this test and tried to get a perfect score and I just ran through and completed it and he ends up beating me by 50. What are you doing? That's what I'm thinking in my mind. Like I can't make sense of this. Like what is going on? Like do you need some more wine? Like are there... <laughs> is it that important to you like what is going on getting better understanding of white supremacy racism I got it that's one where I wouldn't even share scores with a white person I think Emmy said that as a part of her code if you're a professional student grad school college anything really I wouldn't even share my score with a white person like oh it was tough I didn't you know didn't do as well as I wanted you know and leave it at that I think Emmy. she said she had just really vague scores like oh yeah I can't even share my test score like I'm ashamed to do so she said I could have gotten a hundred on the test. in fact got 105 got the extra credit in everything I'm gonna have the exact same response so we never even get to that point where you have an opportunity to oh my gosh this uppity Nick Red who does they think it I think that was said already on the broadcast you become a target it's not oh wow Maybe we thought wrong about the Negro all these years and saying that they were so dumb and ignorant and unintelligent and little Ruby Bridges can't go to school with our children here in Louisiana. Maybe we should reconsider. That's not what this is about at all. It is. We better watch that Negro not supposed to have intelligent, competent Negroes of any type. Better keep an eye on this one could be a problem. We didn't hear anything from Z's mom about they hire lots of intelligent, informed black people it was white women specifically who run the school. And a teaspoon of black males as substitutes. Same thing we heard. They probably got sabotaged just like a young academic who's on the opposite side of the country. I, if we talked to some of them and hear their stories like how did you end up here substituting? Were you trying to be a full time teacher? Have you been sabotaged in that effort? I would wager a substantial sum. We would hear some similar stories of abuse. Anywho, we did our three hours. That'll have to suffice for this time around. Uh, Much obliged to all the folks who chimed in. Hope it was worthy of your time and energy. Uh, We will be here tomorrow 9 p.m. Eastern 6 p.m. Pacific compensatory call-in uh, the Michigan shooting among other things there were uh, quite a few the gasoline Maxwell lots of important things that took place over the last seven days but we'll catch up uh, tomorrow and then white rage on Monday looking forward to that uh, much obliged for everyone's participation Whew. remain constructive and safe out there uh, sobriety would be best especially if you got to go to any of the holiday office parties or anything like that uh, but in general we need our brain computers working well to solve the problem in addition to being sober uh, if you're going out and about uh, if you see someone being loud and rowdy you should be thinking this could be like Ethan Crumbly yeah Ethan Crumbly one of his relatives Kyle Rittenhouse I have no idea in fact you should be thinking that this fella or she may have an entire armed entourage if you didn't leave your residence prepared to die and or kill exit you should be thinking that they are armed you can call the enforcement officials as you are leaving uh, or whatever you need to do but no time for verbal confrontations Uh, if you're in a vehicle you're sober you're buckled and you are not on the cell phone We heard that from uh, Nick on the road this evening Not going to be, you know, being reckless on this phone while I'm driving. Number one, we're trying to minimize contact with race soldiers badge or no. Just doing the small things that we can. Mark Furman. Uh, And then uh, we need our attention. All that said, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people Immediately, cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. No name calling, no gossiping. They are in Mr. Fuller's ten stops. Easy things that we can do to end racism. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, no brother. Problem. You're a victim. Yeah. I'm up. a victim of four hundred years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has
8: programmed my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned.